And here we go. Well, it's an upscoop close to your host with the most Chris Smith as he boasts. We toast as we roast any little problem and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's dad and he spitting comedy magically. Scoring all your comic book wannabes you're gonna be. Hit with a hook or turn your face into a tragedy. Steve B with the chemistry. Dropping recipes and melodies restlessly, especially using dark humor as his weaponry. Mentally haunting all your dirty thoughts like an antitino empathy. Discredibility. Discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavily, alcohol, a cast is the remedy. Alcohol, a cast is the remedy. Alcohol, a cast is the remedy. <laughs> alcohol, a cast is the remedy. The remedy, swear to me. Swear to the alcohol, a cast. Swear to me. Welcome, welcome. This is the alcohol cast. We are your hosts. I am Chris Smith. To my right, I got. My name's Adney. Oh, I'm the doctor. Sworn it was Mark Hamill. Down there. <laughs> I mean, to the, to the left, I got. See the artist Borghese. So the joke is because Mark Hamill is the, the Joker. The joke. I is... have to tell him because I don't know if everybody knows that Mark Hamill is like the best Joker. Yeah, but get it. The joke. <laughs> I've said it before on this uh, podcast when we talked about the Batman in the past. Is I'm not alone in this. This is actually a very popular opinion amongst like all over online and comic book fans in general. Is uh, Mark Hamill is the best Joker. He does it only in voiceover, but he's I been doing it. I doubt he'd be good, like, on screen as Joker. Just from the visual, because you, like, you would yeah. see him, and you'd be like, what the fuck is Luke Skywalker doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, you wouldn't be able to detach it from your... Yeah. But because, like, that's what's funny, is when I was a kid, I remember I had the VHS tape to a very particular movie. I'm foreshadowing in a minute. But it's a particular Batman movie, and on the back it says, like, who did the voices for the thing, and one of them was Mark Hamill. And I remember, as a kid, like... That can't be the Star Wars Mark Hamill, can it? Mm-hmm. That can't be the. No, no, not two different Mark Hamill. There's no way. There's, there's no way that's a that's a, mm-hmm. that's a common name or something. Like I just didn't never occurred to me that it could possibly be the same fucking person. Everyone loves like Mark Hamill as the Joker. He's been doing it since 1992. Damn. Yeah. Damn, he's putting some years in. 24 years. 24 he, years he as the do character. It for like, a year, and then he killed himself. Like, Mark Jesus Hamill must Christ. have... <laughs> like, he, he didn't do it on purpose. He, dude, I'm just saying, Mark Hamill's got some did. good mental strength, you know? Mm-hmm. His mental health, on par. He's just an awesome fucking person. <laughs> He's so cool. Uh, but anyways, that's... You want, we'll go into the fight talk real fast. We'll, we'll get back to Batman, because we all know that everyone wants to hear more about Batman. Cause we all went Who involved. doesn't want to hear about the Bat? But real quick, we had some MMA news to happen and some boxing stuff to happen over this past weekend. We just want to give a little shout-out to you. I just want to talk about how... Oh, good. Let's do, do, do it. <laughs> Fight! Fight fucking toke! Fight fucking toke! Fight fucking toke! Fight! Fight fucking toke! Fight fucking toke! Fight, fuck, talk, 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 fucking fight, talk. Nice, I like that. All I want to do is fucking fight, fight, and fucking talk. <laughs> so uh, in the MMA world, we didn't do shout outs. Oh, we didn't do shout outs. Um, we all want to give a shout out at the same time to uh, and he who like, shall not be named. <laughs> no, we gotta give big ups, big ups to he who shall not be named. Adam Lee, Adam Lee, <laughs> just named him. Adam Lee. I love you, Adam Lee. Uh, happy you piece birthday. of shit. Twenty seven's a big one. You're an even older, bigger piece of shit. Uh, don't no. do it. Don't go and pull like a Kurt Cobain or anything. Don't do something stupid oh over there God. in Salt Lake. And, oh, you know. shit, he's 27. I'll exactly, yeah, 27. Join that 27 dude. club, dude. Yeah, you know you're about it. <laughs> you're, no, you're just in the prime Joplin. of your life, man. 
don't waste it in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live, Salt Lake City? I'm sorry. Like, seriously, <laughs> the, the highest beer alcohol content is four two. Come Let's home, see. you fucking moron. Like, yeah, yeah, you fucking Mormon. <laughs> He's pretty much Mormon by now. Like, I know. Start that, fucking saving and come fucking That's back. why he can't save because he has to get 20 fucking beers to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's where all those money's coming. <laughs> Thousands of dollars every fucking you week. You figured it out. I got it. No, he should just be drinking We whiskey. get you, bro. <laughs> and happy fucking name day. Happy, happy name, name day. day, you fucking queer. Are you guys I know, he likes to say this wiener, is my 27th wiener, wiener. trip around the sun. Like, yeah. you fucking douchebag. I wanted to write him and be like, because he also said like, shout out to all my Leos as well. You and your fucking pseudoscience, dude. <laughs> fucking Leos. Shout out to all my Leos. I saw a bunch of people like, it's Leo season. Like, bleh. It's like, oh my God. Leo season. <laughs> really? That's what you're calling it? Are you that desperate to fucking feel good oh, about yourself? Know. Like, you have nothing to be proud of. You've never done anything in your life to be proud of. That you have to take pride in something that's fake. That's really pathetic, Taking people. Taking pride is such on the nose, dude. <laughs> pride. <laughs> a line. <laughs> Leo. Oh, it's Shadney. This for Adam. Because he's Cause a lion. <laughs> get it? Get it? Because the reigns of Castamere is about a family, the Lannisters, whose sigil is a lion, killing the Castamere's whose sigil was also a lion. Okay. There's a lion too? Yeah. I That's what know. the lyrics are saying. Like, um, like a coat of gold, a coat of red, a lion still has claws, and mine are long and sharp, my lord, as long and sharp as yours. Because their sigil was also, it's like just like different colors. That's what he was saying. Is like, we're st- like, you're not more powerful than me because you fucking claim you are. Yeah. And it was the second largest house, right? And yeah. Castle, they were uh, rivaling, Rock, yeah, they were rivaling the Lannisters for wealth and power. And they tried to overthrow them. And Tidos was all like, ah, they're just, yeah, they're harmless. And then Tywin's all, no, I'm old enough. We're killing them. And brutally murdered every one of their family members. And you guys want to go get tacos afterwards? Not. They're half off at my girly's work. Thank you. Yeah. Let's fucking go, dude. Down. She Damn. gets off at 9, so we gotta be done in a, like, gotta... Don't name the place. Are you ready not. to give a big we hint? Not. We might not make it. But anyways, go ahead. Alright, so anyways, shout out to Adam. Here's our shout out. I got it's one to shout- everyone. Well, I got one shout out. It, it is to Eddie and Kristen. Uh, congratulations Woo! to their family. Uh, Esme Marie Torres is the name of the baby. They just had their kid. So congratulations Oh, you couldn't name that. it Adney, huh? Uh-huh. You just couldn't do it? Um, Eddie is a huge fan of the podcast, apparently, because he listens to every episode. So uh, definitely shout out to him and his new family. Congratulations to you, man. We're all very happy for you. My first family. A little, a little Mexican ginger. Oh, it's adorable. Canelo coming up. That can be like his role model his entire life. Like, and he just look up. It's a girl. Damn. Well, still, still can be her role model. Going right into what I'm going to say about Holly Holm because she doesn't have. Calling your daughter Canelo. You have you have no say in this. (laughs) Call her Canela. Boom. Actually, Canelo would just means ginger. It just no. Or cinnamon. 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 So it doesn't. it's, It's. it's unisex. That oh. word unisex. Oh, really? Just like the hammer of justice. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what were you saying uh, about somebody? Is that your penis? <laughs> That's what so I would call. penis is unisex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Finally, the alcohol. After 30 episodes, the fans finally know Adney has a name for his penis uh-huh. and is the hammer of justice. The hammer of justice. Stupid, of course it is. <laughs> it's so, totally on his theme with Batman, like, <laughs> justice. Oh, it's so fucking Your funny. penis. <laughs> I bet you someone could have guessed that. Like, one of the girls that you wind up hooking up with, like, after enough time. Like, did, did, did she who must not be named ever guess? No. He just, he just, no. <laughs> Bummer. 
Anyways, over in the MMA world, I just wanted to talk about Holly Holm lost again. And that's crazy. So disappointing, man. I really wanted her to just come out and dominate off after that Ronda win and just be this dominant champ that... I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of in the middle on the whole conversation of like, is it good to have a dominant champ or is it good that it's switching titles? On the one hand, I can see how it's good to have a dominant champ and, and it'll bring in more fans. Name recognition. People want to yeah. see Paul Bigger Holm stars. Exactly. It creates bigger stars. But on the other hand, I do like what's happening in that division now because it's a fucking toss-up. Like from one to fucking six, any of those people could beat each other at any given fucking time. So I actually don't see them anyone in that women's bantamweight division holding on to I really want to see home fight Nunez though like I did too sorry, because they're like home would have won because home's such a counter in my opinion because home's such a counterpunter and Nunez comes out firing two 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 and home pie would have caught her or maybe home could have got caught I don't know this or last around. one all that happened is she was trying to point fight and the person that she was fighting her name is Shevchenko Good, good, good luck, Chris. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> she, uh, Shevchenko knew that she was going to come out and just point fight her. So pretty much like land a leg kick here, throw an overhand right. Not trying to knock her out, not trying to like put the pressure on her, not trying to beat the brakes off of her, not trying to break down her will or anything like that. She knew that exactly like Holly was going to make it a five-round fight. So what she did is, is she just waited for her to throw the left kick and she would counter with a right hook. She'd be right out of the way. Left kick would come over the top, and then she would just counter with the right hook. And that's what it was for four fucking rounds. All she did was counter with the right hook. Whether it was a left straight that Holly would throw, boom, Shevchenko would counter with the right hook. Whether it been a shin kick that Holly Holm would throw, boom, Shevchenko counter it's with simple, the right It's hook. a simple strategy of take them out of their comfort zone. Yep, everyone knows that Holly's a counter puncher, and so you want her to lead. Uh, she Her offense is created off of yours, off of your mistakes, and if you're not – Giving her any offense, you're not giving her any mistakes to capitalize on. Then she has to initiate the action, and she's just not she's as not good as effective it, yeah. she's when she's really leading. Not. And what's really happening is we're seeing all these stars. They're not stars. Even Conor McGregor, John Jones. Like that's also what I love about MMA is that Vince McMahon actually was gonna buy the UFC. And so the reason why he didn't buy the UFC is because you can't create stars because you can't predict the outcome. And I gotta give it to him. That's fucking true. You cannot predict the outcome on. Any of these fucking fights. How and the rich only is reason he? Ronda Rousey was so dominant was because that 135 division when Ronda Rousey was the champion was really, really fucking shallow. But but you have to also give it to Ronda because she created this entire division that is now full of monsters. It's perfect. She like while it was shallow, she came in and just swept it all up yep. and the, got the world's attention yeah, to it. People started to pay came. attention to not only women's uh, MMA but this division in particular. And when she when she got destroyed. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is insane. And now, like, all these other fighters are, like, arriving. It's the mm-hmm. perfect timing for all these fighters to really show up and show what they got. And now everyone's eyes are on it. Yeah, it's tight. I, it's actually one of the best divisions in, I want to say, all of UFC MMA right now. It's that bantamweight. Girls, 135. They literally had two girls headline the past two pay-per-view cards. I don't think anything in any other sport has done that. Mm-mm. So, I mean, they're breaking No grounds. women's sport has ever seems to 
reach this level that uh, MMA has reached so fucking fast. I know, it's getting quick, too. They're saying that, I guess the Fox was up in two years, and I guess it was like $100 million for like four years, and the next one's supposed to be like $400 million for like, four years. Holly Holm, when she was a boxer, like she even complained about how like, hey, look, I'm really glad you guys are like liking me and all this stuff and giving me all this attention, but where the fuck were you when I was boxing? <laughs> <laughs> like, you fucking assholes. And, and like we've had, like there's been a couple of uh, female boxers who have gotten like crossover like name recognition, but just not at this level. It's yeah. always been kind of eh. yeah. You had like Layla Ali, but yeah, that's, but she that's ended up right. retiring really early and like without a loss. And then you had like Mia St. John, who was more known for her Playboy magazine covers. And... <laughs> that's all I wanted to say about the good old MMA world. What do you got for us? I know, right, well, I know, I, know I, I didn't even get to see the fucking thing because I was at night in the country. So like, like from. <laughs> From Thursday till like Tuesday, it's just been like a fucking blur. But anyways, go ahead. We'll get to that later. <laughs> My life's a blur. I got patches. I got. We'll get to the patches in a <laughs> Seriously, minute. Seriously. <laughs> All right. So what we got? I previewed last episode. There's gonna be a fight between Terence Crawford and Victor Postol, the two best fighters in the 140 pound division. Going at it. I was really excited about it. And of course, Terence Crawford was the big favorite. Um, Victor Postol is trained by Freddie Roach, and Freddie. Always fucking hates being like the, the underdog and being he's all you're writing us off. Fuck that. Victor Rosal's gonna knock off. his ass out, uh-huh. and he like bet like a he like he always bets on his fighters and shows the ticket before the fight even happens. Like, look, I bet on him, but this time he only bet like a hundred dollars, and it's uh-huh. like I mean, that's not a too much. How much money you make, dude? That's not you make that in a day. Get the fuck out of here. Not even make less that in than an that. Hour, yeah, bro. like an hour. <laughs> and fuck off, ready? But um. And it started off, it was actually really competitive in the first, like, three or four rounds. They were trading back and forth the rounds, really posturing, trying to figure each other out. Uh, but Victor's jab was Victor's jab was doing good work, and he was setting up his right hand well. And Terrence Crawford was, is shorter, has shorter reach, having a hard time getting inside Postol. But he finally started to find his range after the fourth. And in the fifth round, the opening seconds of the fifth round, drops Postol. And then drops him again in the same round. And from that point forward, it was all Terrence Crawford. He was in control of the fight. But, as a lot of people kind of complained, he seemed to take his foot off the gas a little bit and just kind of be like, oh, I'm embarrassing this guy. This guy said I was afraid of him. He said I was running from him and his people were talking shit. Well, now I'm dominating him. I'm going to be comfortable dominating him on this big event. Mm. And... It wasn't until the 12th round that he finally seemed to step on the gas hard and try and go for a stoppage. But by then, it was kind of like, well, you should have put in that work a few rounds ago. You might have gotten the knockouts. So but went the distance. Yeah, like the sixth round. Terrence Crawford won a unanimous decision and won the lineal Ring Magazine 140-pound champion. He is the undisputed champ at 140, the junior welterweight. But it did leave a bit of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because it was his first time pay-per-view. His, he was headlining pay-per-view card, big fucking chance to fucking really just put a stint like, this is who I am, come back to see me. And it got a little dull in the <laughs> in the second half of the fight until the 12th round. Should have put him out in the 6th. Kept, kept the gas on, you know, you're dropping twice in the 5th, come out in the 6th, put him out. But right. I could see that mind frame if I was him too. Like, oh, you thought you were going to beat me. You thought you were tight in those first couple rounds, but I got your number now, and now I'm gonna fuck with you. I could see that yeah. mentality. I feel like he played it safe from he not safe, safe, not like you know Floyd Mayweather esque, <laughs> not not that safe. But he did he did was like all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pile up points. 
between the sixth and the eleventh, and then he's like, "All right, last round, fuck it, I'll empty the tank a little bit and like." At least, so that was good. The fact that he did go out there in the twelfth and tried, like I'm gonna fucking kill this guy, was pretty as admirable. But mm-hmm. too little, too late. Still a very dominant, very impressive performance. Terence Crawford proves once again that he is incredibly skilled. He has a very bright future in front of him, and the talks of the Manny Pacquiao fight have started immediately. Oh, here we go. Um, I really like that fight. You um, don't? Or I really like it. I lo- I want it. I want that fight to happen. Uh, what would it happen? Manny Pacquiao like hasn't fought. Yeah, he hasn't. Manny hasn't fought at 140 in a while. And he just fought at 147, right? Yeah, he's been fighting at 147. Um, and, and so he's like I don't know 39, what, I don't know what weight class it's gonna be at. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's gonna be like a catch at like 145 or like 143. And my fucking Manny's always been the catchweight guy, <laughs> but uh, who knows? I no idea what weight class it's gonna be at. Welterweight, junior welterweight, whatever. But it's gonna happen. But I definitely think it's gonna happen. It's it, like. Oh, but dude. the only problem, the only problem is this. Uh, Who wins? Top rank might be like, I don't want to have Manny's basically like this. If he gets beaten bad, it'll be his last fight. That's a bad thing to go out on. We can still make money off of Manny. Why give him this kind of a fight against this young, undefeated, incredibly talented guy? Like this guy, like a top 10 need, pound for pound type talent. You need another Manny. You need your, your other Floyd. You don't have yeah. that yet. So you got to throw Manny to the fucking wolves and give him a bunch of fucking money. It's a passing of the torch. Exactly. Like they tossed De La Hoya to Manny <laughs> so Manny could destroy him and like reach that other level. Exactly. Save forward, you Manny. It, but top rank is run by Bob Arum and Bob Arum's a fucking dick. <laughs> and he's going to be like, ah, nah, nah, nah. No, fuck that. we're going to find Manny. <laughs> Manny's coming man. back for a couple fights to try to get some money. If he doesn't, um, if he doesn't get Manny, pa- Manny Pacquiao, I think it would be fucking terrific to see Terrence Crawford versus Danny Garcia. Ooh. Two undefeated in their prime, both of them in their prime, undefeated. Uh, Danny Garcia just moved up to welterweight, so would be actually. And Terence Crawford has expressed that he wants to move up to welterweight as well. To have him move up and fight Danny Garcia, it would be a terrific fucking fight. I definitely pick Terence Crawford because although Danny Garcia has proven time and time again that he he's not flashy, he's not overly powerful, overly fast. There's nothing overly impressive about what he does but he knows how to win and he can get the job done i want to see that he's a grinder see if he can get that done against someone he's like terrence crawford which i don't really like danny garcia so i want to see terrence beat him <laughs> <laughs> and i think that would have just a big uh, impact on his career it'd probably be on like hbo though that's not a pay-per-view you think i think they would probably put that fight on pay-per-view yeah, if they're gonna put the main, fucking main event yeah, they mm-hmm. might. They might. If they're gonna put, if they're gonna put this fight against Victor Postal, who nobody knows who Victor Postal is, oh, they put that on pay per view. They'll probably okay. do that one. Touché. Other than that, uh, what we got coming up next month, uh, August sixth, Andre Ward will be fighting a bit of a Turkish thumbtack, Stevie. <laughs> Sorry to say, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Turkish thumbtack. There's actually in a there's a UFC two hundred one that's this week, but it's like oh by the time this comes out it's Sunday, so I'm not even going to talk about it. <laughs> um, his name is Alexander. But I Brand. predict Robbie Lawler to win. Sorry. Right. <laughs> uh, Ward's gonna be fighting Alexander Brand at the Oracle Arena in Oakland because Ward like has fought almost every one of his fucking fights in, in Oakland? Oakland. Wow, yeah, that's kind of cool, dude. Even when he's fought like world class, like what? we should we Oakland's like right there. We can go see him too. It's a fucking hoofluva, stumptack. <laughs> he's a left shoe Sally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> left shoe Sally. <laughs> Another one. Yes, <laughs> that was a good one. Left shoe Sally. Sally. <laughs> that fucking works so good. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I mean, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> left shoe sh- We've all dealt with the left shoe Sally, dude. Everyone knows about a left shoe Sally. It also you know sounds like some just a fucking dirty-ass chick. <laughs> hey, left shoe Sally down the street? There's no, no, no. dance or anything like 25 that. is left shoe Sally. No class. class. 25. No you'll, class. You'll never get any kind of class in a left shoe Sally. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. Left shoe Sally. You don't know about the left shoe Sally? Oh, but no. the thing is, like, but what's on the line for, for Andre Ward is he needs to look good for once. He's been so fucking inactive the past couple of years, ever since 2012 when he looked his absolute best in knocking out Chad Dawson. Ever since then, he's had his stupid managerial problems. He wants his contract changed, and he's fought like a couple of times since. So fucking frustrating for someone of that level of skill, pure skill. He's so good at knowing what you're good at and taking it away from you and seeing, okay, what can you do now without that your best weapon? That was in 2012. You said he was at his peak, and he's fought like, what, two times since then? Yeah, I think it was like three or four fights since then. He hasn't looked as good. Dude. And part of it could be due to like the inactivity and the fact that he's like not... Inactivity and age. Age has to age, be Age, inactivity, and the fact that the guys he was getting those fights against were like below his level. It's like, how are you going to get him oh, inspired to fight? So Chad, like, he got his big break when he fought in the Super 6 tournament and he was fighting nonstop. He had to agree to fight like six fights in a row against the best fighters in his division. And he performed remarkably well and then he after that he moved to light heavyweight and knocked out chad dawson i mean it's like holy shit this guy is amazing and then all he fucking threw it all away he threw away prime years of his fucking life and it wasn't like muhammad ali where he had a reason (laughs) it was no i just want my contract to be different it's like so fucking irritating so he has to look good this guy is below his level he's a couple of like this is like a c-level fighter and andre is an a-level fighter it's up to him to look good not just because, oh, you got to entertain the fans, but because you have to draw interest. You have to get the world interested in your fight with Sergey Kovalev in November. No. The only one who's in, like people are, the hardcore is interested right now. If you want to be an attraction, if you want to be a star, if you want to keep getting big paychecks and like you want to be, you want to change your contract, dude, you want to have the leverage to where you can have a good contract that you want, then you got to put asses in seats. You gotta look good on August sixth. You gotta be impressive. You gotta get a knockout, and you gotta draw the interest in your fight with Kovalev. And when that when that fucking fight comes, you gotta fucking outclass Kovalev. He's Defeat the fu- monster. He fights. You say August sixth. Yeah. And then a two month turnaround. That's how easy they're expecting this fight to be. What if he gets fucked up? That's always the problem with a, with a, with a, a stay busy fight is what if a headbutt happens? Yeah. What if an uh, elbow happens? What if he gets cut? You know, what if he gets injured? What, a million things get like, overtraining. All, all these things can happen, but it's like, fuck it, take the risk. <laughs> like, we better get it done, you know? Whatever, because like, your big problem is you've been inactive, so we're going to give you a bunch of fights in a row to get you back in the, the swing of things, and now this is your fucking chance. This is his moment. Like Terrence Crawford had a stage last week. Andre Ward, this is your fucking stage, and it's not on pay-per-view. More people are going to be able to see it. It's your stage, to just like Terrence Crawford was last week, in order to get the big fight. Interest in the next big fight. So hopefully Andre Ward steps to the fucking plate finally again. He ain't. He, he's going to be like, oh, my hip's broken finally. Oh, I retire. <laughs> see you guys. I was good. I'm the greatest. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That's it for the fight. 
I wanna be more like Batman, but not really be like Batman Because no one should be like Batman, only Batman can be Batman I don't wanna be like Batman, but not really be like Batman Because no one should be like Batman, only Batman can be Batman You can never be a Batman, cause you look more like Gene Hackman You can be a snowman, Tarzan, Merman, but you'll never be a madman Do you even have a game plan? No, well then you cannot be Batman You can be a newsman, caveman, man, or even a human trash can Are you hiding in the shadows, waiting for someone to strike, man? Do you even have a game plan? No, do you even say it's because I'm Batman? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be more like Batman, but not really be like Batman Because no one should be like Batman, only Batman can be Batman I want to be more like Batman, but not really be like Batman Because no one can be like Batman, only Batman can be Batman <laughs> Bad talk <laughs> oh, Bad talk <laughs> Take a note, Paul Dini <laughs> um, oh, Alright, so <clears throat> I have made no secret <laughs> Of the fact that not only do I love the Batman, but I love so much DC animated feature films. He just loves men's and tights. <sighs> it's hot. <laughs> I want to be that. I want to pull off tights so bad. Now I get it. But I so need hard. people to accept. So I need people to accept superheroes and tights first before okay. I can do it. Okay, deal. So you, you know what this is? Because no, you don't want to. Because like the Batman, I have a I have a game plan, and I am doing the long con. <laughs> just takes a little bit of time. See, yeah, they can get away with wearing tights because you're not going to say anything to someone who can melt their fucking face off with his eyes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Whatever you always use for something lame. Like cutting through an iceberg. Eating up a woman's soup. Eating up an old woman's porridge. <laughs> Anyways, um, throughout the year, throughout since the start of this podcast, I've hint, said here and there that they are finally going to make an animated adaptation of the brilliant Joker story, The Killing Joke. And, of course, they finally released it. But before we talk about that movie, I thought it would be fitting to talk, give you my top five of the best animated Batman movies. Not just Batman movies, but movies, if they're just the Justice League movies, that heavily incorporates Batman into the story. Because they're all fucking amazing. And this was not fucking easy. I had a top uh, ten to start with, and I had to whittle it fucking down to five. Very I've fun. watched Whittle one day, animated all night, movie all night. of Batman. One. Uh, Whittle and then, Adam. <laughs> just this past yeah. one? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Steve. You've only watched one, too, huh? I just watched one, yeah. Yeah, right No, on. I watched two, actually. Oh, really? You got three. <gasps> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. I forgot I watched uh, The Dark Knight Returns. No, that's not one a and comic two. book. Yeah, yeah. Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2. It's two, wait, uh, you, those two animated movies. Oh, wait. You're not talking about the regular no, ones. No, no, no. The, adapta- the animated adaptations of the comic. They're called the same thing? They're not called... It's, a, it's a direct adaptation. I feel like it should be... like. Does it say, like, comic book movie under it or something? No, no, no. The, 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 the animated movie. one is the direct adaptation from the comic book. That's called A Dark Knight Returns. But you can't or have the two Dark movies Returns, with the same right? title. It's fucking retarded. That's what I'm saying. What do you mean? Do you mean the actual, like, number three? Like the actual like Batman the Dark Christian Knight. Bale? Yeah. Oh, you're thinking the... No, no, no. Christopher Nolan made a movie called The Dark Knight. Then he made The Dark Knight Rises. And he took that from Frank Miller, who, in 1986, came out with The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, okay. So oh. he took somewhat of the name, like a jackass, but... Yeah, like a jackass. Come on, that's a jackass move. <laughs> it was an homage. <laughs> and like, an if, homage, and like, but it had nothing to do with the story. Like it was funny. Really? Like, nothing at all. If you, like, but he took little things here and there and was like, ooh, that's cool. I'm going to give a little 
Easter egg to that or whatever. Like a lot of the cool things you get from those movies are a little bit taken but the from the source the material. The animated series is a little bit, is a lot better. Oh, like yeah. it's it's it, Batman's way older. He <laughs> only did like the Batman older thing in Batman uh, Rises because Dark like, Knight Rises. He, the, I mean, so he the Dark took Knight Rises, yeah, yeah, like he 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 did the uh, like Batman returning from retirement, but his reason was super fucking cheap and like Batman wouldn't just fucking retire. And he doesn't. Okay, mm-hmm. we're getting way ahead. I'm gonna get to Wait, that in a one minute. One more question. What um, is the, the Batman in all the comic book series the same? Like how Mark Hamill's the Joker in all of them? Is it the same Batman throughout all? Of them? But all these, all the movies. I'm gonna say. Yeah. No, neither is Mark Hamill. Um, every now and then they change the actors. Uh, sometimes it works still. Sometimes not as well. And a lot of the ones that are like a, a good example after the original Batman animated series, they made one called I think it was. Uh, the Brave and the Bold, I want to say, I think it is. And they changed the Joker voice into this really weird one. And they made his style. He seemed like a – he was like half ape man. It was really weird and really – it threw everyone off. And nobody – like every, everyone immediately just changed the channel. He was like Buffer? Was he like, yeah. I think I remember hairy? that one. Was he like, like hunched over? He had like dreads and yeah, shit too. Yeah, he had like hunched over and yeah, shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah I think was, I remember it just, that. It wasn't, it wasn't Joker. It was something yeah, it else. That doesn't make any sense. It was more of like the creeper, but because um, the Joker is like the skinny, lanky, like Loki type character, mm-hmm. he, and so yeah, that's fucking. I wonder if they base. He's Loki. not. He's not a physical guy. Like he can get physical. He loves to fuck around with his knives and his poison and all that shit. But he's mostly. Uh, it, it's about the mind games. That's what the Joker is, and that kind of lost the touch of it. But anyways, back to the actual. Okay, top five. Number five. Number five on my I list. I just said that, Adney. fucking dick alright so we're gonna start this list off with a Justice League movie but it's heavily on Batman's shoulders this one is called Justice League Doom it's a loose very loose adaptation of a JLA story called The Tower of Babel which by Grant Morrison definitely check that out if you want but the movie itself just gonna talk about the movie right now um, it's all about the story that the, at the core of this story, it's once again, like I've talked about before and that one of the reasons why everyone loves Batman, this is like, this really shows, gives you a great example of the biggest reason why everyone loves Batman is that I'm so split right now. And if I want to make fun of you during this whole thing, or if I'm going to listen, but that's it's, all I got. It's because he is the man amongst gods, and that's what this story is about. It's this <laughs> normal guy who has no fucking business being around all these superhuman the beings. I like that. That's fucking. It's so on the nose. It's these super. <laughs> it's these superhuman beings. These these gods, and there's this one guy, the one guy who's somehow worthy enough to stand shoulder to shoulder with them, and the throughout the, and the story shows you why he's earned that right. The very beginning of the movie opens up with Batman alone by himself because he's got to be the lone wolf. <laughs> and uh, he's taking down... Uh, How about that ride into Vegas, huh? Because <laughs> 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 that's what they call it Sin City, Batman. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> stupid. The, he's taking on the Royal Flush Gang. And uh, the Royal Flush Gang, like he, they're attacking some museum to get precious jewels and all this bullshit. And he takes them on. There's five of them. And they each have like a little theme because... This is a comic book movie, so everyone's got to have a fucking thing. Uh, like there's uh, there's King, Queen, Jack, Ace, and Ten, and they all have like their own like little fucking gadgets and like powers and everything. And they're kicking ass, and but uh, 
Ace is just this giant fucking robot monster guy who's just super powerful. And Batman's trying to fucking stop them. And he's getting his ass kicked. He just can't get it done. And he's having a lot of trouble. And he's like, fuck. He's like trying to figure out. He's slowly trying to like break them down and figure out how he's going to take them out one by one. When the Justice League fucking just shows up and goes, hey, what's up, Batman? I thought you needed some help. And they just start just fucking take these guys out with with just absolute ease. They're, they're nothing for him. The giant robot, super strong guy who's picking up cars and shit goes up to Superman and starts, like, wailing on his face, and Superman's face doesn't even move. The robot just breaks its arms on Superman's face because that's because he's Superman. Well, all the robot needs some kryptonite. And then right, all right there, that, the, that beginning right there automatically shows you what Batman's dealing with with these people. It's like these people obviously can do way more than he cannot. He, he's not stronger than them. There's no way he can outfight them, so he has to outthink them. I think exactly. that's what it kind of shows in the beginning. Yeah, right? it is. That's, that's exactly that's what, what that's exactly what yeah. this scene is trying to portray to the audience. Of yeah, you like Batman, but this is what he's compared to. Like these are they're so far above him that he just can't really he can't compete. And like the end of it is him. He's like, all right, there's only one left. He's it. Like we gotta find him. He's and he's like talking. I'm not giving to Batman. You want this one? Like, <laughs> Batman. Yeah, here's what it. happens. Like Flash. Flash is like, all right. Which one do you think? He's like, all right. And Batman's super serious like he's in one of these rooms if i was like all right i'll check and then fucking in like half a second comes back he's like all right i checked all the rooms he's in that one <laughs> ask me how the queen of england is <laughs> she's fine <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's like so like he's kind of showing off and like showing off to batman and everything and then batman like all right all right i'm gonna take him and then flash fucking takes care of it really quick and then batman's like sitting there like okay well i did literally nothing this I whole guess time i'll just you know you guys want sandwiches or <laughs> all, all Batman did? I'm gonna make you guys all some like, batch. Essentially, all Batman really some did. Some bologna sandwiches. <laughs> in the shape bat of, he cuts the bologna in the shape of a bat. Yeah, that's what I, was <laughs> I cut the crust off. <laughs> I know I'm a Superman doesn't like crust on his sandwiches. My man Superman doesn't. Superman hates crust on his sandwiches. Name of the fuck. I'm a super good friend. Fucking Adam told me I'm not allowed to say we're not allowed to say name of the podcast anymore. He said he think it would be cool if we just were all quiet It'd about it. It'd be a lot cooler if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like in movies, like in movies where they accidentally say the title of the yeah. movie and you're like, ah, he said it. Uh, he, he said, said it. it. That is, yeah, yeah, that's true. But, um, that is douchey, but not when we do it. <laughs> <laughs> Usually because it's not the name of the podcast. That's just funny because that's part of the drinking game. <laughs> Anyways. Trying uh, to get these people drunk. <laughs> So basically, all Batman really, all he did was okay. point out, hey, look, this is happening, and draw attention to the thing so the Justice League can come up and do the actual work. And they're sitting there like, wow, like Batman didn't do shit. And he got fucked up in the, when he first started fighting. He's kind of injured, and the, he's going, he's like, he's like, I got to go back to work. And they're all, and like, I think it was Flash who says, come on, Bruce, you don't have to do that. Like, come on, I mean, you need to rest. You're really, you're obviously hurt. You need to rest. You're only human. As oh. if it was like a fucking slap in the face. He didn't mean it like that. That's how Batman took it. He was just like, looks at him and was like, I'll be fine. And then shoots his little fucking grappling hook thing. Oh, and then he just disappears. And I'm like, all right. Sorry to interrupt. Um, is, is this Batman played by Kevin Conroy? This one is. Nice. This is Kevin Conroy. So you get, what you get with Kevin Conroy that you don't get with any other Batman actor is over 20 years of knowing who this character is. He was the first one. He's the only one, really, who decided... Batman isn't someone that Bruce Wayne pretends to be. He doesn't put on the outfit to become the Batman. He is, in his mind, Batman. When he's 
at his most alone, when he's just him by himself and he's in his deepest thoughts, he sees himself as the Batman. Bruce Wayne is the person he pretends to be. That's the facade that he puts on to fool the public. He's not Bruce Wayne. That's not who he is. That's the fucking mask. Batman is who he is, and he acts that way. And that's one of the reasons why Kevin Conway was able to understand the character so well and do it so well that even the smallest line of dialogue, you believe it better than any other actor has said any other Batman line. That's awesome. That's so cool. And he's when he says, like, I'll be fine, you feel the fact that he was wounded by that by what Flash said. You feel that he was like pissed off. He's like, fuck you, I'm not human. You know, and he disappears. I'm the <laughs> I, I was, was a boy. boy. Now I'm a man. <laughs> we both instantly got the same. He disappears behind some bushes. Muffins. <laughs> he disappears behind some bushes. That's where the Batmobile is, and he like and as soon as he's out of sight, he immediately starts limping and starts catching his breath. He's like, fuck showing you that he was hiding it that whole time. He didn't want to show in front of the other Justice League that he was wounded, that he is fucking human. He didn't want to show that part of him because one of his main motivations as a fucking superhero is to be a symbol, as an they say. Too, they say one. nonstop in the Christopher Nolan movies, he's a symbol. But he's, he wants to represent this force of nature, this force of nature that inspires. He inspires fear in the criminal and he inspires hope in the good to stand up for their own neighborhood. He has to be something that is – he can't be connected to a human being. You cannot believe he is a person because once you do, you lose what the symbol is supposed to mean. So he can't let anyone see the human side of him or the emotional side of him. So as soon as he's alone, he starts limping. He's hurt. He gets in the Batmobile and he's like, fuck, Alfred, I'm totally fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, and he goes back. Is that dialogue? And, <laughs> no, it's not, obviously. And Alfred's like – once fuck it, me, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred's uh, fucking Once again telling him, you need to rest. And he's like, no. Fuck the Flash. I want to find everything about the little piece of shit. Faggot. <laughs> Call me human. <laughs> and once again, he's like, no, I'm fine. Like, he's fighting through. He's like, he will not rest. He's refusing to rest. He just wants to work. That's all he wants to ever do is be Batman because that's who he is deep down. That's, that's the opening of the movie to give you a hint just to, to let the audience into who, what his mindset is, what he's going through, and his relationship to the rest of the Justice League. The main conflict of the story is that a villain by the name of Vandal Savage has hacked the Bat computer. And when he hacked it, what he found was all of Batman's contingency plans. Not how to beat the supervillains, because they've beaten the supervillains all the time. He found Batman's plans on how to neutralize the rest of the Justice League. His allies, his friends, his partners. He has a way to defeat each and every one of them and to damn near kill them. Randall Savage finds this stuff and the invite he picks like well, this is what's really cool about it, is he picks um he goes like through each member of the Justice League and picks one of a member of their rogues gallery, one bad guy they fought before, invites him over and says, This is my plan, this is what we're gonna do. This here's how we're gonna take the Justice League. We took I took Batman's fucking plans and we're gonna use them against the Justice League. And they're like, Holy shit, this is fucking awesome. And uh, so you have like all of them come together. And they they take Batman's plans and they modify them just a little bit so they'll actually be fatal, and like, so that's what the whole first half of the movie is: is the Justice League is getting taken out like one by one. They're going like, "Holy shit, what's going on?" All of a sudden, and then like Batman's getting ready, like, "Oh my god, Wonder Woman's in trouble. Oh my god, Superman's dying. Holy shit, the fucking Flash is fucked up." And he's like, and at first Batman's like, like, "Oh, he's in trouble," and he guesses what the problem is, and they're all, "Yeah, how did you know?" He's like, "Oh shit." 
and he starts rushing to try and like figure out what to do next, like how to stop his own plans. And then he gets another call, like, "Oh my That's god, so cool. this is happening!" He's like, "Holy shit, the Justice League is under attack!" It's and like, Bat versus and all, Bat. Who? And he's like, "By me!" Mm-hmm. And and then he slowly goes by, and uh, I don't want to say everything that happens to each man of Justice because each one is really unique and fucking awesome. And I want you to see the fucking movie to really appreciate the planning that goes into each and every one of those things. But obvi- I'll do the obvious one. Superman. Kryptonite. That's how you, that's how you beat yeah. him. But how are you going to get the kryptonite to him? He has this Sniper rifle. He has this bad guy named Metallo, who's just this, basically a fucking robot, uh, disguises himself as this fucking fat dude, and he's standing on a building ledge in Metropolis, and he's uh, threatening suicide. Everyone's, oh my god, so Superman, ever Jump. being the Superman's good guy, save him. everyone's like, Superman has to be the guy who talks him out of it. And he shows up there, and he's like trying to talk to him, and he pretends to talk to him for a while. He's just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wakes Superman, gets close, and he has his gun, and he's ha- holding the gun to his head. He's like, I'm going to kill myself. Back off, Superman. Back off, Superman. And Superman, not thinking twice about what's in the gun, not for a second, he's like, no, 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 please, please. He's distracted by it. He doesn't want this person to die. And while he's in that distraction, the guy... Turns the gun to Superman. Superman's like, "Oh, it's a gun. I don't. I'm not afraid of guns. Shit bounces off me. I'm invincible." Kryptonite bullet goes right into Superman's chest, and he fucking falls all the way down. And now he's dying. And the thing is, you can't pull that bullet out of him because his fucking skin is indestructible. Oh. So people are trying to get into the wound, but they can't reach it because of his skin. Well, Meanwhile, Superman better be Superman and do himself up. And he can't it because out. the bullet is made of kryptonite and it's slowly oh. killing him. Not just from like a regular gunshot wound, but the fact that even being around that mineral, slow, it's like having leukemia or something. Right. It slowly kills you. So he's dying and fucking quick. So that's just one of the fucking mm, ways. Damn. I thought the guy was going to jump off the building. Like yeah, and Superman then, go to save him, like pick it, like scoop him up in the air, and then he does it from there. Cause that would release the rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been a way to have Superman. Then shoot him. But then he would have ended up dying because Superman would have dropped his ass. But yeah, but like, but the thing is, like, you need the kryptonite bullet. You need to shoot him, and you need to have that gun in his hand and have it have meaning. Yeah. yeah. And if he's holding it, I'm like, you know. If you if you're gonna shoot yourself, you wouldn't jump then shoot. Like no, no, no. I didn't before I knew about the gun. You said on the roof. I just automatically thought he was gonna jump. Okay. Superman would just out of nowhere save his ass, and then he'd have a rock. But also, I want to tell. I want to say one other one, okay? Because this has the coolest, one of the coolest versions of Bane in it. Oh. Because you don't get the Joker because the Joker has been fucking done over and over again. So the writers like, let's not do Joker, let's do another great fucking Batman villain. Let's do Bane, and they do a great version of Bane. First off, Hispanic accent. Great fucking job, guys. Uh, That's what he needed. Uh, and like the actual design actually looks really fucking cool. The mask, the body, the fucking venom attachment on his wrist. Everything looks badass about Bane. And what he does and there's no plan really for Batman and how to beat Batman, except for there's one like little audio piece of Batman saying he's like Batman is vulnerable when it comes to his loved ones. Use that against him. Think hard before you do this. And they decide to fuck with Batman's parents. They find out that Batman is through because they hacked his computer. They find out he's Bruce Wayne. So Bane, knowing that Batman is Bruce Wayne, decides to go to his home and digs up his fucking parents' dead bodies. Oh damn! So automatically Bruce is freaking the fuck out. He goes, he's going insane, and Bane attacks, put turns on the venom, becomes super fucking powerful, attacks Batman, throws him in the fucking grave, and buries him alive. Oh, tight. 
that's shit. so sick. And that's where I'm going to end that one. That's number five. <laughs> Definitely check that one out. It's that fucking brilliant. So good. Where's your guitar, faggot? Number four. Number four? This is what I alluded to before. Talking about looking at a movie, seeing Mark Hamill's name on it, and not understanding it. <laughs> this movie came out, I want to say, 94 or so. Not sure remember. This directly tied into the animated series. The animated series, the Batman animated series, came out in 1992 after the enormous success of the first Tim Burton Batman film, and it took a lot of its visual cues and uh, music from those two Tim Burton Batman movies. They even changed... Catwoman is usually a brunette, but they turned her blonde in the show because Michelle Pfeiffer was just... Super awesome as Catwoman. I love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Even though the character, they change a lot about it. But still, I love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I'm getting off track. (laughs) (laughs) They decided, hey, let's make... This show is so successful, not only with kids, but with adults. And most importantly, with critics. Critics are raving about the show. This show fucking holds up so well. When I go back and look at cartoons or whatever that I liked when I was a kid, I'm like, wow, this is garbage. When I look back at the Batman animated series, I'm like, this is way better than I remember it being. Mm. The writing is fucking flawless. The what? Because like, it's written by Paul Dini. He's the head, and the main artist is uh, Bruce Timm. And what they did, like, the art that Bruce Timm did is way ahead of his time, way ahead of every other superhero cartoon at that time. And the writing that Paul Dini contributed was way ahead of any superhero writing at that time. Like, way ahead of all the fucking movies. He was able to take a character like Mr. Freeze, one of the dorkiest, lamest characters from the 1966 Batman series. Like, that show's already lame, but they have even the lamest character was Mr. Freeze. Basically, that guy had a fishbowl on his head. Like, it was so bad. And Paul Dini was able to take that character, not only make him badass but make him like you feel for him and you feel sorry for him you understand him you understand his motivations and why he is the way he is and those same guys who made this absolutely phenomenal cartoon show made a movie called batman mask of the phantasm and that's my number four (laughs) (laughs) and it's directly tied into it uh same voice cast we get kevin say it was again sorry Batman Mask of the Phantasm. We get the same cast. We got uh, Kevin Conroy, of course, as the titular character Batman, Bruce Wayne. We got Mark Hamill coming in as the Joker for this movie. All the same cast, all the same character designs. It's the just the movie version of the cartoon show. It was so well done, and they loved Warner Brothers loved it so much. They said, "No, we're going to release this in theaters." It was the first time that they had a superhero animated film released in theaters. And they, what's funny is they didn't do it again until this past weekend with The Killing Joke. They didn't have... There's the Jokers in this one? Yes. No Mark Hamill? Yes. Mark oh, Hamill. what's Mark Hamill was saying. the Joker? That's Son what of a saying. bitch. Were, all the cast returns, all the same cast oh, who's working cast on the show returns. is in this movie. Oh, oh. And what this movie works as, it works as, just like The Godfather Part Two sequel slash prequel. You get flashbacks of Batman learning how to become the Batman, like learning what he should do before he, like him fighting crime before he got the Bat costume, before figuring out, like one of the lines in the movie is like, Alfred, was it successful, sir? He's like, yeah, like I stopped him, but it just, it wasn't enough. They weren't scared of me. They need to be afraid of me from the start. Him figuring out like I need, and he's slowly figuring out like what is it that's going to terrify people. It's before he figures that out. It's also 
in the prequel, in the flashbacks, it's a love story about him meeting this wonderful woman who he just hits it off with so well, and he falls in love with her, and he starts questioning his whole crusade about, should I be the Batman? I can't have both lives. And him, it shows a little bit of his fucking psychosis, him talking to his dead parents at their graves, and the fucking painting of them in uh, Wayne Manor. He's like, I know I made you a promise, but things are different now. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can be this fighter against crime. I mean, I'm, I want to have a different life. And then like, all it just shows a flash of like a painting of his father and Bruce breaking down and crying. like Because one of his main motivations, that's what this movie does really well. It goes back to each and, one, each and every one of Bruce's main motivations of why he is the Batman. Not just the fact that his parents got shot, but the fact that he says he's like, I made a promise after my parents died. Never again. Never again am I going to have some poor fucking kid be caught unaware like that. And not only will I not let that kind of tragedy happen to anyone else in my city, but not ever will I ever be unprepared. I will always be prepared from now on for the rest of my life. That's what that initial traumatic thing fucked his head up was. And it's him going back to that and fighting against it and like manifesting itself in a voice that he hears from his dad that isn't fucking there. But he manifests it that way. That's how he deals with his own psychosis in this fucking movie that's made for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was recent theater. Mm-hmm. Mark then, Hamill, a really fucking big fan of the bat. Oh, my God. That's what's funny is Mark Hamill has, was a huge comic book fan ever since he was a kid. Oh, shit. Kevin Conroy wasn't. He never read a comic book until he started reading the script for the Batman series. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then he went back and he read every and Batman like, thing ever, or he, what? Yeah, he started reading afterwards because he learned a lot from Mark Hamill because they worked so close together. Uh-huh. And Mark the Hamill, Joker Mark Hamill, Batman, how yeah. to be a Batman. Yeah, Mark Hamill's just going insane about all these crazy things, and Kevin's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah." <laughs> like Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill's just a huge fan of both DC and Marvel, and he would like around like certain kids in his neighborhood, he would pretend to be a Marvel fan to read their books. In other case, he pretended to be a DC fan just to read their books because everyone always had to do that stupid divide. I'm a DC fan. No, I'm a Marvel fan. Yeah. They have that stupid just have tribalism. Just good writing. Just have an appreciation yeah. for good Mark writing. Mark Hamill is always that guy. I was like, I want to read all of them, though. Uh-huh. He's such a fucking dork. It's great. I love him. But uh, anyways, then that's the flashbacks. What you get in the modern time is Batman is just being the Bat, and uh, there's this new thing in town. It's... Uh, there's no real name for it. The title is The Phantasm. It's this ghostly figure, very Batman-esque, and that he hides in the shadows and all that stuff. And he seems like an apparition. He seems supernatural, this supernatural being that's going around and murdering mob bosses, very powerful crime lords. And everyone thinks it's Batman because it looks like Batman. Not a glimpse. Like, Batman, I just killed that guy. And that's kind of who Batman's been targeting. That's why Batman became Batman is to fight the mob. So it seems like it makes sense. So now Batman's fighting against the police. The police are full on after him. So he's this runaway. He's this fugitive from the law. Like seriously this time. The police have been like letting him do his thing and helping him this whole time. But now they're after him. At the same time, one of these mob bosses does is he goes to the Joker who's kind of laying low. Doesn't really have – he's like working on his next big theatrical event to attack the Batman. And this mob boss gives him just like unlimited resources and wealth. You need to take off the Batman. I'm going to help you take off the Batman. And Mark Hamill, in one of his best Joker performances, just so fucking pitch perfect as the Joker, says, 
agrees to it and then so now he's fighting the joker and he's fighting against the police all the while trying to solve who this fucking new guy is and trying to stop him from murdering so you get this he's cut everything's coming out from all these different directions and it's just the, the stress that's on him and you get to see him finally like the you get to see the first time he decides to be a batman decides that he's going to take the bat and when his girlfriend like denies it like he he asks he decides in the flashback i'm not going to be the batman i've made my decision and proposes to the girl. And she actually takes it and she says yes. But then all of a sudden one day she sends the ring back to him and says, I can't. Sorry, Bruce. And he's fucking destroyed. He fights to go full on dark ass Batman. And he dons the costume for the first time. And then he goes fucking nuts. Uh, That's so awesome. The movie crescendos beautifully between all these things that are just meeting up at a head. It's a fucking wonderful movie that does so much for the character. And, of course, brilliant performances by Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Gotta fucking check it out. Number three. All right, number three <clears throat> is uh, something I've talked about before on this on this show. I talked about uh, when – because when I first heard – uh, that uh, Ben Affleck might be doing his solo Batman movie after the Justice League movie, and we got those first images. The first images from the Bat- uh, Batman v Superman. We saw an image of in the Batcave, Bruce Wayne staring at a glass case. In that it glass, says, ha 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 on it, right? Or yeah, yeah. Robin's costume was spray painted, ha 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 ha, all over it, and immediately everyone knew that's Jason Todd. That's the costume that Jason Todd wore when he was murdered by the Joker. They're actually acknowledging the fact that the Joker killed a fucking Robin? Holy shit, this is going to be amazing. I remember telling you, Steve, I was driving you to work one day, and uh, I was like, dude, they got to do the Red Hood. They got to do the Red Hood storyline. Didn't they I ask you about I was like, I asked you like all the way to the drive. I was like, hey, this and that. I was yeah. just asking you other questions, yeah. And I, I described it to you, and then a while ago, on one of the I forgot which fucking episode, but we were talking about Batman, and I brought up the Red Hood and why... This is such an amazing story. Uh, okay, so in this anime movie, it, it's the it's the it's the Red Hood storyline, and uh, I'll start off. I'll check this out. One of the really cool things about this, Neil Patrick Harris does a voice. What? He plays Dick Grayson, the first Robin, but in this version, he is Nightwing. He's not heavily featured in this movie, but he is in it as Nightwing. And even in the little amount of time that Nightwing is on the screen. Neil Patrick Harris is fucking amazing. Oh, of course, like he is. I want MPH to be live action Nightwing. Dude, he'd be so fucking cool as Nightwing. He does an awesome job. He can play any role. Also, Dude, he is Neil Patrick Harris can <laughs> play any role. Steve yes. paused for his own dramatic effect because he was blown away. But I fucking dude is you fucked him. I wish. Oh, his book is one of the funniest books I've ever read in my life. It's an uh, adventure book. Oh, really? It's like you choose your own adventure book. It's oh, yeah, he tells us about her. It's his autobiography. Also, Dr. Horrible? Fucking dude. Dude, it's a choose-your-own-adventure book. talented. He's a magician? Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's fucking uh, it's an autobiography. So you choose wow. your... It's a choose-your-own-autobiography. So you flip the shit, you're like, oh, and then Neil Patrick Harris, so, so he dies, like, you read it, and like he dies, and you're like, what the fuck? So you gotta go back, and then choose the right one. He, like, he splits off his normal life and makes it, like, himself He's probably, like, the funnest dad. Like ever, seriously, dude. Yeah, but anyways, uh, another great voice actor in this, Steve. You're gonna love this, John DiMaggio, the voice what? of Bender in Futurama. Seriously, he also is in Adventure Time. Yeah, that's the, that's what made me start watching Adventure Time. I watched. I was watching an interview with John DiMaggio, and he talked about uh, being Jake the dog in Adventure Time, and why, and the like. He basing Jake the dog after Bill Murray's character in Meatballs, and just talking, I was like, oh, I gotta watch the show now. 
so I started watching that. But uh, John DiMaggio plays the Joker. And what? he actually does a pretty fucking good job. Like, uh, it's very different from uh, Mark Hamill's. And, uh, but he, like, that's what's really cool is that he, like, there's another one. I forget his name because it's not that important. But he basically just copied Mark Hamill. And everyone's like, dude, fuck you. Mm-hmm. John DiMaggio did his own thing. He took it very much on his own. He's very playful, which is what you need to be if you're going to be the Joker. But his voice is also very raspy and kind of fucked up. And you can feel the uh, rage and, like, the hatred in his voice while he's being playful. He does a really good job. And what you get to see in this movie is the Joker being very fucking brutal. You get to see Joker being super badass on several scenes, doing crazy shit like, fuck Yes, one of the scenes. Um, okay, so I, I, I'll get to it in a second because I have to kind of. John DiMaggio has establish it. Three hundred and sixteen credits for voice acting. He does a lot of guest appearances because he's fucking crazy. awesome. He's great. Yeah. But um, the Red Hood storyline it opens up with the death of Jason Todd, who was the second Robin after uh, Dick Grayson and Batman had a falling out. Uh, he decided I'm not going to be Robin anymore. I'm going off and move out of move out. I'm going to be my own superhero. I'm going to take on the name of the Nightwing. Batman was by himself for a long time until he found this young kid on the streets who had been living alone on himself for years, on his own? trying to steal the wheels off the Batmobile. <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I respect this kid." And he fucking took him in the same way he took in because uh, he the reason why he took in a Robin in the first place is because he's because he saw uh, Richard Grayson lose his parents right in front of his eyes just the way bruce did bruce lost his parents right in front of him richard lost his parents right in fucking front of him and it was both because of fucking crime and bullshit and so he felt sorry for him when dick grayson became a ward of the state bruce was like i want to adopt him and that's how that started lost him and a then, fucking billionaire wants to adopt me that's pretty crazy and pretty then a, and then of course he sees jason todd and he sees potential in him right away and so he adopts him and then immediately starts training him like really fast and jason todd takes to it He's very fast fucking learner, and but mostly it's the rage. He has this uncontrollable fucking anger in him, and a lot of the times it he goes a little overboard, and Batman has to be like, "You need to calm the fuck down. You went too far. You were reckless and you were stupid." He's like, "I got the fucking job done. Fuck you," kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, he's very brash, and the reason is because like he doesn't even know his father, but his mom is a fucking drug addict and abandoned him as a kid. That's why he's living on his own. His mom abandoned him. And he's a fucking drug addict, so he had no one. Like, and it's like the Goodwill Hunting thing. What happened? The first thing that happened to him, the people who were supposed to care about him the most, left him. So he's fucked up really bad as well, for his own reasons. But the beginning of the story, what you get is it. Fuck this. This movie opens up with Jason Todd being tied up in a fucking warehouse and the Joker beating him with a crowbar. That's how it opens. Damn. Just fucking mercilessly trying to beat him to death, but he eventually gets bored and starts walking out and he goes, all right, that was fun, right? Mm-hmm. All right, well, you make sure you finish your homework and get to bed early. <laughs> and uh, tell the big guy I said hi. And then fucking takes off. Jason Todd immediately gets up and starts trying to, like, just his ribs are broken. He's bleeding eternally. He's fucking dying from the beating and he's trying to like he can barely move but he barely gets to his feet starts trying to escape and then finally he sees it a bomb that's ticking down with about three seconds left oh shit it explodes and he dies oh shit in the actual story i want to bring this up is in that moment 
what you in the actual story is he's only captured by the Joker because his mom tricked him. Mm. His mom got in contact with him. He's like, my mom's here. I'm gonna finally see my. Mom. I'm gonna reunite with my mom. But the mom was working for the Joker. Joker paid her to betray her oh, own son. She right. did it. She's like, okay, she betrayed her own son. And he, his last moments are him being completely betrayed again by his mom. But this time it's even worse. And what the Joker does, because he's the Joker, he fucking knocks out his mom and ties her up as well. So they both are going to get blown up by the bomb. And Jason Todd's last action, his last fucking move alive, is to try and shield his mom from the explosion. Yeah, right, Even though she fucking fucked nope. him twice. I'm using her as a cover, and <sighs> she is shielding me. That's why you're not a vigilante. <laughs> that's why you're not Jason Todd, bro. Yeah, I wish that I'm not dead, bro. I really don't like <laughs> Good. Solid point. Solid point. I wish they would have done that in the adaptation, but I understand why they didn't because that would have been – they would have had to tack on like another 30 minutes of story in order to get that through. I get it. I understand. I'm not mad about it because it's this movie still is fucking incredible because that's just you, – you see all that. You get that, and then – that's just that's a kind of like a flashback kind of thing. After that, what you get is uh, Batman doing his thing. In the beginning, that's when you get to see Nightwing. You see Batman. He's uh, taking down some fucking crooks, and they're transporting this fucking badass robot called Amazo. What's a comic book thing? And basically, it, it it steals the powers from superheroes. And so now it's like, and when you see it, when he when like when Batman first sees him, he looks like Aquaman kind of. But he also has Superman's laser vision. Oh, they're sentient. Sent- sentient. So Batman's like having a lot of trouble fighting him out of nowhere. And Nightwing shows up as NPH and he goes, hey, need a hand? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what's up? Like, he's like, I got it. Because Batman just can't ask for help because he's just so fucking hard-headed. And, but of course, Nightwing knows him. Knows him better than almost anyone except for Alfred. So he's like, I, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help. Batman knows that he's... Nightwing. Right? Oh yeah, they okay. of course. He's the like, world's greatest detective. Okay. <laughs> and that's what's great just about making sure. that's one of the great things about all these animated features that actually show Batman being a detective. They rarely show it in the movies because they're like, we can't have him being too awesome. Mm-hmm. But the cartoons are like, fuck it, show it all. <laughs> and uh, and what's great is they haven't like you can tell they haven't seen each other in a while. They don't work with each other anymore, but they go right back into the groove and they work so well together, they fight so well, they don't have to communicate. They know what each other is gonna do oh, next right, and they yeah, work well. And you get to see that like awesome yeah, you get to see an awesome partnership, and they fucking take the motherfucker out, and then they find out that uh, a bunch of the mob bosses are trying to get like mercenaries and shit and like strength together because somebody's killing mob bosses, just like in Mask of the Phantasm. But this time, it's, it's always a, mob bosses. Yeah, it's always because Gotham is fucking run New by York. the mob. Well, Gotham is a New York type of city. That's what it's based off of, and you get. Over 100 years, the mafia running it. The mafia didn't end until 1996, yeah. and that's why and it started in 1864 with Giuseppe Morello. So I mean, they're, it's going to be based off of that for sure. That's why Batman became the Batman because he wanted because there was no supervillains. It was just the mob, and the police were super ineffective. Uh, the police were either in their pocket or too afraid. So they. I can needed, talk about the mob, so he, like, yeah, I didn't talk about Batman. So he <laughs> needed to be the supernatural force of nature to to make them afraid, to make the mob finally afraid of something, so that if the mob can lose their control in the city, then petty crime wouldn't be as bad if petty crime isn't as bad then little boys won't lose their fucking parents in alleyways that was bad about man the side effect is the fucking uh you know inflation, inflation that caused yeah. super villains mm-hmm. but anyways um and what we find out is like there's this new guy in town he calls himself the red hood and he has like this high-tech red helmet kind of mask thing on and then he has like a little bit of body armor a brown leather jacket and everything like fucking combat boots and he just fucking uses a lot of guns, and he's a fucking badass. He's just killing motherfuckers left and right. 
But of course, when Batman hears that name, the Red Hood, instantly hits him. And what's what's cool about this movie is you don't need to know a lot about the Batman mythos to get it because they do a lot of exposition, but it's actually done well. It's not like a heavy-handed, oh, well, if it isn't my old foe, so-and-so. Like, it's not like that. It's like it's done really good in, like, flashbacks and things like that. And what you get a good flashback of the original Red Hood. The original Red Hood, as you see in The Killing Joke. Is the Joker? Yes. What Batman, all Batman knows is that he tried to stop a robbery in a chemical plant and he saw a man dressed in a tuxedo, red cape, and this primitive red hood over his face. So you couldn't see who he was. Batman tried to grab him, dropped him into a vat of chemicals. The guy washed away. And when he came up on shore, he was completely deformed. And he became the Joker, and he went insane. So the Joker is a direct result of the Batman. Batman knows this. Batman knows that it's his fault the Joker exists, and that was his biggest failure for a long time. And that biggest failure was overcome when Jason Todd died, who is now his biggest failure. And that's what this movie's about. The story in this movie is facing your biggest failures and learning that the best way out is through. You can't run away from your past. You can't run away from your failings as a person. You have to fucking face those demons and you have to get through them. Because Jason Todd, like he says, one of the, one of the great lines in like Batman comics and everything is he's like, and we're talking about Jason Todd. He's like, my partner, my friend, my fault. Blaming himself forever and ever why Jason Todd, this young kid, died. But what's funny is the Joker was originally the Red Hood. Before he was the Joker, he was this pretend little Red Hood guy. Batman know, knows that, and now there's this new guy calling himself the Red Hood, and he's like, why is that? That's connected to the Joker. It has to be connected to the Joker. It's something. And in the beginning of the movie, like him and Nightwing are chasing down. They, fi- they, they find him, and they're chasing him down. And it's this crazy fucking chase, and they're tra- they almost got him. They almost got him, and he keeps barely fucking escaping and in, like, the last fucking second, they almost fucking got him, but, like, they trap, they chase him down to, like, this subway platform, and right when they get there, boom, a fucking bomb goes off, and it fucks up Nightwing, and Batman's like, oh, shit, sees him. Then he looks over, and he sees the Red Hood on top of a motorcycle, and he looks over at him, and the train is about to pass. Before it, right about to pass, he goes, you haven't lost your time. Mm-hmm. And that's all he hears, and, like, what's funny is, like, while he's going through the chase, when they realize, wow, this guy's good, Batman pushes a recording button in his cowl, so he's recording all this guy's moves so they can go back and study at the Batcave, so they can break the guy down and find out his weaknesses, that kind of thing. And, like, and you get to see that when they go back to the Batcave, and Nightwing's, like, breaking him down, like, have you seen anyone, like, because Batman throws a fucking rope around his ankles, but before it gets tight, the guy fucking cuts it in half with his knife, and Nightwing's, like, amazed, but he's like, well, how the fuck, that has to be trained. That, you don't just know that. That's a trained move. And Batman's like, and the knife too. Not many knives can break my lines. Ooh. Kind of. And what's 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 really like weird. These are bat lines. This slight touching moment when fucking Nightwing is all like, "Do you need my help?" And he's like, "No. Go ahead, Dick. Go ahead and get some rest. If I need any help, I'll call you. Thank you." And then he's like, "What?" Looks over Alfred. Did he just thank me? And it's this really weird moment where, like, you right there and you see, is like, this guy isn't emotional at all, but for some reason he is right now? Why does that doesn't make any fucking sense? So with them gone, he starts to look at the audio and the video, and he isolates, he starts trying to isolate the train sound and to get rid of it to hear what he says. And it slowly goes to that, you haven't lost your touch, you haven't lost your touch, Bruce. Mm. This guy knows who Batman is. And right there he fucking flips out, like, oh my god, how the fuck does he know me? 
And what he finds out is that it's Jason Todd, and he's back. Oh. What? Once again, facing the greatest failure of his fucking life. This kid that he adopted, who he saw as a son, he let die. He blames himself for the Joker killing him, and now he's back, and he's taking on the same persona the Joker started with. And he can see that it's a personal thing. And the rest of the story is him and is this fight between the two of them. They know who they, they like. Jason knows that Batman figured him out, and Batman knows that Jason figured him out. They're aware of each other. They know every. There's no more secrets now. And we find out how Jason Todd got back to life. We find out all these things immediately, and he faces it down. And, it's, and Jason just wants to prove a point. And that, and it goes back to the same thing. A lot of Batman stories are about is how far is too far. When is it okay to kill somebody? After everything the Joker did, we need to finally fucking kill him. That's what Jason talks about. Like, you want to rule the fucking criminal underworld by fear, but you're, not, you're afraid to go far enough. You need to kill them. That's what I'm doing. I'm controlling the criminal element. And it's that basic argument, once again, facing your past failures and how far is necessary. Damn. That's why that movie deserves it's great, it's great to be number three. Number two! All right, number two. Once again, this is a super emotional story. So emotional, I have emotions. But this one is actually a Justice League movie. Batman is not the main character, Mm -hmm. but he's very supporting. And this one, we do get Kevin Conroy as Batman, but only in the beginning and really quick at the end. I'm going to explain that now. Uh, This movie is called Flashpoint Paradox. (laughs) Flashbacks. (laughs) It's it's centers on the on the Flash. And uh, it starts off like a bunch of his rogues gallery are are, – because he has a museum for him in his city because he's beloved in his city, the Flash is. And it's got – it's being broken into and he shows up there. It's a bunch of his rogues gallery read by his like worst enemy, Eobard Thawn, who has the exact same powers as him and fucking hates him just with every – How does he have the same power? It's a long thing. He's from the future. It's this really... Yeah. It's, well, it's the future, but he's from the past. Convoluted. Super convoluted. But he's like, he'd be slow if he wants, but he's actually super fast at the same time. <laughs> he jumped like five timelines. He got on one. But this, this, this movie line. has like the coolest concepts fucking ever. Because it starts out just regular Justice League. So Justice League shows up. They help out Flash. They find out like the... Eobot Thawne was this weird gray putty stuff and like sticks it to the Flash and the Flash is stuck to the wall. No matter how fast he tries to move, he can't escape it. And they're like, all right, you're going to die. And Eobot Thon's like pushes a button and he realizes that all the bad guys have had bombs planted on them. Like futuristic technology bombs on them. And they're all fucked. Like, what the fuck, man? What'd you do? He said, we're going to get money. He's like, yeah, I lied. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's like insane. And he goes, and what the Flash does is he ends up like using, like he vibrates himself as fast as he can. And he like he moves the putty and he attaches Eobot Thon to it too. He's like, all right, tell us how to deactivate the bombs or you're going to die too. And he goes, yeah. I don't care. That was the point. As long as you die, I don't care what happens to me. Like, he's that blinded by fucking hatred. Justice League shows up, and they're all like, all right, everyone split up. Each take one of those guys to try to evacuate these fucking bombs. And uh, what's really funny, they all, they all have their own way of doing it. Batman's is the most dangerous and badass. He tells Green Lantern, okay, put a force field around me and this guy and take us out into space. Uh-huh. That way, if I fuck up trying to deactivate the bomb, just me and him will die. Everyone else will be safe. That's so bad. Because one of the great things about Batman is he's willing to die every time he goes out. He knows he could die every time, and he doesn't fucking care as long as he's doing the right thing. He doesn't care. Meanwhile, his best buddy Superman, you know what he does? He flies the guy over, and he's like, if you tamper with it, it will go off. He just goes over, flies the guy out, grabs his belt, 
rips the bomb off and then holds it in both of his hands and then it explodes in his hands and that's it. Mm-hmm. Just uh. boom. It's like a little <laughs> compared uh. to Superman. It's just like, all right, solve that. Uh. So, another case solved. I could do that. He could have done that with everyone's bomb. He could have, but he's a fucking dick. What? <laughs> oh, you're not done with your bomb yet? You're not done with your bomb yet? That's cute. That's cute. I'll be over here waiting for you to be done with your bomb. Like, <laughs> seriously. You could have grabbed everybody and helped them with defusing their fucking bomb. In a matter Superman's of, like, a fucking 15 minutes. No, not even so not only that. Not 15, well, 15 saying, seconds. If, if it was, like, yeah, the yeah. world or it something. It could be 15, 15 seconds. Minutes. He's yeah. faster than a speeding bullet. He can fucking go around stupid to, to each person and do that to every single He's one like, of their nah, bombs. He's like, I'm going to let you guys do your thing. I respect you. Do your uh, thing. I got to see which one of you in those bombs, bro. <laughs> hey, hey, Darwin's evolution, okay? So here's what, and, like, so there's a, um... And so, like, Thawne is sitting there like, Flash, we're going to die. It's going to be awesome. And Flash is like, you know what's funny? You have my powers, but you have no imagination how to use them. And that right there is a key reason why Flash is actually – because everyone says, Flash, he just runs fast. But because he's so smart and because he's a fucking scientist, he knows how to manipulate his speed to do a million different fucking things with it. He vibrates his hand really fast, and he creates, like, this fucking – it's called the speed force. He basically makes, like, this fucking ball of energy, and he chucks at the guy, and it fucking blows up the bomb on his shoulder – and everything, and then he's still he's still trying to get into his fucking head. He's like, no matter what you do, your mom's still dead. Like, that kind of thing. Like, just he's trying to fucking tease him. And Flash, what he ends up doing is he ends up running so fast, and he basically goes back in time. It's a little crazy, but it's comic books. Shut up. Uh-huh. He uses the speed force, what he gets his powers from, and he goes back in time, and he prevents his mom from dying. And then all of a sudden, but he changed time itself. A part and of he, flash. he wakes so he up. He's not the Flash anymore. He, yeah, he wakes up and he's a normal human being. He has no powers. He's, he doesn't know what's going on. He's asking about the Fucking Justice. Chris guessed that. <laughs> he's asking about the Justice League, but the Justice League does not exist. Super, oh, there isn't even a he Justice asks, League. He asks about Superman. Superman does not exist. No one has ever heard of Superman. Oh shit. He asks about Wonder Woman. What turns out in this timeline, everything is so fucked up. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are at war with each other. They're oh, trying to shit. kill each other. Wonder Woman and all the Amazons against Aquaman and all the people of fucking Atlantis. So you got this giant war. They've t- they've destroyed half the fucking planet in their war trying to kill each other. There's a small resistance group of like people who are trying to fight back and trying to end the war. You have Batman who wields guns and just kills people like whenever the fuck he wants. He's insane. And uh, the Flash knows. He's like, the only way I can get – I have to go to Bruce. I have to go to Batman. He's going to be the one to help me. He's going to be able to help me get my powers back. He's going to be able to solve this. Just Let me just say, your mom, bro. the reason that, oh, you said, well, it's kind of comic book-ass that he went back in time. Actually, the fact that he's fast, Einstein has this idea of if you shine light particles in front of you, if you take a flashlight and you shine it in front of you, and you're traveling, at, you're traveling faster than the speed of light, light will bend behind you. So you'll actually be looking back into the past. So if you're on a train traveling faster than the speed of light, you can look back on light. So you're looking back on time. So it's an act. Flash can actually travel through time. That's not just a comic book thing. Suck it, Brian. Anyways, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just thought it's really so. This is because we get and he goes into the Batcave, and he sees Batman. He tries to ask Bruce for help. Batman is like, "What? Who the fuck are you? How the fuck you get in here? How dare you say that name?" And starts beating the shit out of Barry Allen. Just fucking. He's like, "No, no, no. We're friends. Uh, Your name's Bruce Wayne. My name's Barry Allen. I'm the Flash." And he's like, starts, and he's like. He's like, you say that name one more time, I start breaking fingers. He's like, no, you know me. It's me, Barry. Come on, Bruce. And he grabs his hand. Boom, breaks one of his fingers. He's like, he's like, I used to be a doctor. 
I know every bone in your body, and I will break each and every one of them if you don't shut up right now and tell me the truth. And everyone's like, like, what the fuck is going on? And then you finally realize, the Flash comes to realize, this Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. Right. He's Thomas Wayne. In this timeline, Bruce's parents didn't die in that alleyway. Bruce did. Oh, oh shit. What the fuck? In this timeline, <laughs> Thomas Wayne attacked the mugger, but he wasn't able to save his son. His son got shot. He beat the mugger like almost to death, but when he looked back, he sees that Bruce is dead in the arms of his mother, Martha. <laughs> Martha. Um, oh, yeah. Martha Wayne's holding him, and she's covered in blood. It's all over her hands and her body. She's just like, oh, my God, like completely just losing it at the sight of her son dead. And Thomas is like just like overtaken with grief, and you can see him transforming into this fucked up thing. And he's like trying to reach for the both of them and then all of a sudden Martha like puts her hand over her mouth like oh my god and then she when she moves her hand away her lips and cheeks are covered with this really weird red smile and then she snaps and you hear the most maniacal laugh you've ever heard since the Joker she becomes the Joker? yes what? Oh, <laughs> wow. in this universe Martha Wayne becomes the Joker Thomas Wayne becomes the Batman. This is why he can't bring himself to kill her. Although he can kill anyone else as easily as nothing. It doesn't matter. No life matters to him. He's also an alcoholic. That's why he's shooting guns. He'll kill anyone and everyone. He doesn't give a fuck. But he can't bring himself to kill the love of his life, the mother of his son. And that's why you still get this great fucking dynamic of the Batman and the Joker, even in this universe. It's fucking fantastic. That's so fucking cool. And that's cool. just the concept. <laughs> that's why this is number two, because this I is kind of hell. At the very I hell end, I want to the one. very emo- the, oh, man. It's so impactful. The very end, the very scene, after, because cause it's a fucking superhero movie, so everything ends up fine. Uh, spoilers. Um, <laughs> shit. You're that, a piece of shit. <laughs> the I want to go in thinking that shit won't ha- work out perfect. The Flash. Oh, every movie I watch. <laughs> the Flash comes back to his regular timeline and he sees Batman. This one, played by Kevin Conroy, because Kevin Conroy is Bruce Wayne. Kevin Conroy is not Thomas Wayne. They got a different actor for that. That's why we haven't heard Kevin since the beginning. It's fucking awesome. But what he does is he tries. He explains it to Bruce, and he's talking to um. He's talking to Bruce in the back and he's like, but I don't get it. I have all the memories from both lives. Like I remember everything perfectly, like birthdays, everything. I don't get it. Why do I still have all these memories if everything's back to normal? And Bruce is just like kind of jealous that at least you, you get to remember a life with your family. I'm like fuck you. Wow. He didn't say that, but all he says is consider it a gift. Jealous much? In only a way that Kevin Conrad could deliver that line, you can feel it. For some reason, the way Kevin delivers that line, you can feel that – He's not just saying, hey, man, it's a gift. He's saying, you're lucky. You're the lucky one here. You're the only one that's get, going to be able to have that. You need to enjoy it. All that said in just a quick line. You got to spend this time with your mother. Not only that, but my parents were still alive. Like, you got to meet my parents. <laughs> and, and then he's like, and after he says that, the Flash hands him a letter from Thomas Wayne. Oh, my fucking God. That's and he sees so it, cool. And he opens it, and he goes, this is my father's handwriting. And Flash just kind of looks at him and kind of nods like, yeah. Doesn't say anything, just kind of gives him the let you know. And he sits there and reads it. And you get a close-up of the letter, and you can read it on the screen. And then it's so quiet, dead quiet. All of a sudden you see like two teardrops. Hit the paper? Yeah. Did you, did you pause and read it? Can you tell us what the note? I don't remember what it is. 
but it's basically it's basically oh, you're like, a piece of shit. It's the very dude. basic you're a like fucking faggot. I love you and proud of you. Don't be like me. I'm glad you't not like me. Don't be like the Batman. <laughs> don't I'm be, the Batman don't be my version of the Batman. And then and once again, only fucking Kevin Conroy could have done it. He looks over and he's just like, "You're one hell of a messenger, Barry. Thank you." Damn, dude. And then he turns right back around and goes back to work. But once again, to hearing Batman say thank you, hearing Batman get emotional at all is always hugely impactful because he never does it. And he got that one small moment, that brief window. Barry got that brief fucking window into who Batman is. He's not this thing that he portrays all the time. There is something left in him that's soft. And I got to see it this for core a brief of, he has this, moment, and he thanked me. This core of humanity, this little tiny core of humanity, you have to beat around the inside. You have to chip away. You have to chip away around the outside of the earth to get to the center core of like the last piece of humanity that Batman has left. And it's like this emotional wreck that's dealing with his history, Everything. dealing with his parents, dealing with all this stuff. Dealing so with it's his like parents he has dealing with what shell. happened to Jason. He has this giant wall, the shell of of a person who's it's his armor. He has his whole armor around him, and Barry was the first one to actually get to chip away and see what's underneath all that armor. That's fucking really cool, dude. I think that's very interesting. So yeah, for that, for the incredible concepts that are in this film, for the amazing action, the animation's also top notch, and for the emotional impact of the end. It's, it has to be number two. There's only one thing that could possibly be better. Only one Batman movie. Number one! Christmas. Because <laughs> I'm number one. <laughs> on, it, it has to be corny, The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. This is, without doubt, the best Batman movie. Live action or otherwise. Because it has a leg up. It has an advantage that no other one has. Because it's a direct adaptation of the greatest comic book movie ever fucking written. Dark Knight Returns, of the <laughs> same name. The only fucking story that can even compare to it is The Watchmen. Only one that compares to it. But this one, and that's... this, And that The Watchmen was directly written to kind of contrast against the superhero culture. Batman is... This is, in my opinion... Uh, mm-hmm. Not so humble opinion. Snyder wrote uh, a lot of. No, he, no. he made a mo- adaptation of oh, it, which I really think that he made that movie way too soon. The, I don't think public was ready for the Watchmen yet. We needed more comic book movies. People used to the cliches, used to the idealistic version of superheroes, like the Marvel idealistic version of superheroes. Then Watchmen would have had a bigger impact and made more sense. It happened too early, I think. A totally different conversation. The writer of uh, The Dark Knight Returns, he made super, uh, Batman dark again. He was like, I see Batman in a different light, mm-hmm. right? I, he made him super dark. And we couldn't necessarily have uh, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises without this comic book, correct? You wouldn't have The Dark Knight as, as a concept because this was like because after the sixty six the six the nineteen sixty six Batman was popular for a long it was in syndication. That's the only one knew about the Batman. Like Kevin uh, Smith constantly tells this story about how. In the fucking 80s, when he was like, before he became best friends with like Walt Flanagan and he was working at a rec center, like, all he, he loved the Batman, he liked him, but all he really knew was the 66 show. He had stopped reading comic books and everything, and he wrote a report about Batman, but it was all about the 66 television series, and he gave it to Walt, hey, check this out, that's what I know about the Batman, and Walt read it and came back, and was like, you don't know shit about the Batman. You know nothing. Here, 
read this and gave him the Dark Knight Returns. And that's what cemented their friendship forever. Oh, shit. That's and that's so what Frank Miller did was he wanted to bring Frank Miller, that's who a grittiness to him again. He went, well, he's sick of the slapstick, of the campiness. Dang, and chow. Yeah, and so he wrote this incredible story, and it was adapted so well in these. It's a two-part movie, Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Uh, the main thing they take out is the voiceover. Uh, there's In both, just about every comic book, there is an inner monologue. And uh, in The Dark Knight Returns, it's a heavy part, a very heavy part of the narrative. But in the movie, they take it out and they exchange it with dialogue, which sometimes it's kind of like, well, why would – Batman wouldn't be saying that to a criminal, like asking him criminal questions or relaying his uh, strategies. He wouldn't say it out loud because that gives it away. But in this movie, it actually does work as pretty fucking badass. Uh, what this, so what the fucking story actually is, is it's it's the perfect final chapter. Because almost every comic book is act two. It's all about a continuation. It's, we haven't, we, you can't have, like, we're sick of origins, but you can't have a resolution, because then it's all over. You can't have that. You can't have an ending, because then we have no more stories to sell. Comic books have to be just a continuation. This is a finally an ending. It's not seen as canon but it is the perfect ending to any superhero movie ever made or anything ever because it's batman in his 50s he's an old man and unlike christopher nolan he had a good excuse to be retired it wasn't just oh my god my girlfriend got blown up it's so sad you guys (laughs) now in this universe he's dealt with his parents dying he's dealt with the death of fucking jason todd he's dealt with what happened to like how his his fucking his falling out with Richard Grayson, who is like a son to him, who he loves, but he can't bring himself to mend the relationship. So he's estranged from him. He's lost Jason Todd. He blames himself for that. He blames himself for the joke. He blames himself for all these horrible things that happened in Gotham. All that, and he was still wanted to be the Batman because the bottom line is he can't see himself as Bruce Wayne. He starts drinking when he can't be the Batman because he has to deal with the fact. He says it early on. He goes. Like, like, brings like it helps with being retired, all the drinking that he does, and he lives this crazy lifestyle where he's constantly trying to do outrageous things, hoping he'll die. And in his head, he goes, "This would be a good death, but not good enough." And he narrowly escapes it every time. He's kind of like avoids. He's like, um, "This can't be the way I die, but I do want to die. Definitely my thing. <laughs> Dying is my and thing." What you find out is the reason why he actually went and retired because he was forced to by the governments of the world. The world got together with all these parents groups who were wanted it, and they said that we can no longer have superheroism in the world. It's too – they've gone too far. They have too much power. They need to be put in check. They can't, we can't, it needs to be completely outlawed, not even regulated, just outlawed, especially Batman. He goes too far. He breaks bones. He fucking tortures people. He's a fucking maniac. He, he kills people in the killing joke, hands down. I already told you. That guy died, 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 <laughs> died. And it's huh. all about him finally saying – the Gotham gets so fucking bad, and there's this new villain. It's, he's uh, he doesn't really have a name. He's just known as the mutant leader. He looks at he calls himself a mutant, and he has this enormous gang of wayward kids who have no direction. They have nowhere to go. The, all the political leaders in this story are completely fucking useless. Parents are useless. They're all the baby boomer douchebags who are like yeah, slang talk all, too. They're all the so fucking weird. oh, it's the kids' fault. The, this generation's lost. You can't even help them. It's like not taking responsibility for the fact that oh no, your shitty parents. You didn't give them what they needed. That's why they're lost. They had no one to look to, so they find this fucking guy who they see as a god. They fucking worship this guy. This giant 
giant, enormous, muscle, badass guy, and they just do whatever he, almost he says. Almost like a Bane character in a way. Yeah, very much. And yeah. then I love how the sl- the slang. Sorry, the slang in the show. Like, man, yeah, you got to like knives and stick. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's soup. Whatever. <laughs> we slicing dices. Slicing dices. <laughs> whatever. We don't shiv. <laughs> it's that kind super of slang. Like, want to be like. It's, it's Frank Miller. Frank Miller slang. made up his own. This all this whole story takes place in the 80s. So Ronald Reagan is president, and he looks like a zombie, mm-hmm. and he has Superman under his thumb as a puppet, and it's fucking like, oh my god, this movie's over. But uh, Frank Miller made up his own slang, so it wouldn't feel so dated. So when you hear a guy saying rad or anything like that, or tubular or anything like that, you want to jive, bro. You don't get any weird 80s slang. You get made up slang, and uh, the story really provides you with some great members of the Rose Gallery. It starts off with Two Face, brilliantly done. After years of therapy and plastic surgery funded by Bruce Wayne, because they used to be friends, very close friends, he openly, and then like he openly does, it, and they finally fix his face, and so now his face looks normal. And his doctor, his psychiatrist, is like, "How do you feel, Harvey? Both sides finally match." And he's like, "I, f- I feel great." Uh, like he's like so unsure of himself, he's all fucked up. Then he disappears. And they can't find him. There's police, and like one of the narrative uh, uh, mechanics in the story is like news reports. You see a TV screen of reporters in the news telling you little clues that helps you along with the story. It's like that was the last time we saw of Harvey Dent before he disappeared. Bruce Wayne had this to say, and he's all like, "We have to believe like uh, that uh, each and every one of us can deal with our own demons." We have to believe that everyone deserves a second chance to become a normal person. And that's all. What and I love about that's why he funded Harvey Dent. What I love about the Harvey Dent thing is the fact that he sees himself as Two Face still, even though his face is fixed. Did you still, watch this? I watched this a while back. Yeah, a long time. That's ago. That's what's great is uh, like so he starts. So I only watched. He releases. Like he goes long long back long to long crime long. and he he has his face completely bandaged up. It's all you can see is his eyes, and he he's holding. He goes onto this giant. It's like the Empire State Building. Like that, there's like two buildings like that, and he's like holding him hostage. He's like, I'm gonna blow him up unless you deliver this much money to me. And Batman's like, I gotta stop him. And he's like talking to Jim Gordon, and uh, Jim knows who he's, he is. He knows he's Bruce. In the beginning of the movie, they're having drinks together, and they're talking about how he haven't been Batman for ten years, and it's really cool because like, like, yeah, of course Jim would know. Jim's been helping him this whole time. He would know he's Bruce. And they meet each other with Batman, Bruce Wayne back as Batman finally after fucking a decade. And he goes, so what have you learned? He's like, I don't know. He's scratching both sides of his coin now. He's gone back to his old behavior. It must have been impossible to resist the compulsion. And then Jim looks at him and goes, are we still talking about Dent? Like, I know you're fucking psychotic, Bruce. Get the fuck out of here. <sighs> and when he finally, he goes and he finally takes down Harvey Dent and he starts ripping off the bandages from his face. He's like, what did you do? What have you done to yourself? Like, they all think that he scratched his face up to make himself back to being fucked up. And when he takes off all the bandages, you hear Harvey Dent goes, go ahead and laugh. Laugh at me. You made all the others hold their stomachs while they laughed at my face. I'm deformed. Like you said, both sides match, right? Uh-huh. And what you see, and like Bruce looks at him, and his face is still perfectly fine. But then you get a quick glimpse of what Harvey sees in himself, and it's, it's, in, it's both in sides. Isn't of his, it like in water? He's looking at it like no. It's just like a quick like oh, quick, okay. like character change, and you see like if Harvey thinks that both of the sides of his face are fucked up now, not just one, but he thinks it's worse now because he's so fucking gone, mentally gone. Yeah, he's like I can't help what I am, and then Bruce just kind of says softly, "You and me both." Ma. 
And that's just like Kevin the f- Conroy in that one. This is not uh, the the oh, cast is God. different. I think it fits because it's not canon. It's not meant to really belong to the rest of the Batman stories. Peter and Weller, RoboCop. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> RoboCop is Batman. He does a fucking awesome job. He's great as this old grizzled fucking maniac. He does it so well. The delivery of a bunch of his lines are fucking pitch perfect. This is an operating table. <laughs> Ariel Winter from Modern Family plays Carrie Kelly, the new Robin. Um, oh, Michael Emerson, who is from, who's on Saw and Lost, plays the Joker. He does a really good job. Um, there's the, the acting is actually really fucking well done. It's not my favorite cast members, but it's so well done. And the story, the story structure is so good. The material is so perfect. It's the final fight with the Joker, where Batman finally loses. There's a fucking scene, like one of my favorite. I talked about it before, where uh, he's tracked down the Joker because the Joker has been in has been comatose for this whole decade because he no longer has the bat without the batman the joker has no purpose and he's just lost and he has no meaning but when the batman comes back and the news is constant batman this batman that it snaps something in the joker's man and, he, and like one of his last in the part one his last lines are all batman darling psyched to be back and then uh Batman tracks him down, and he's running through a carnival, and the Joker is fucking firing his gun, shooting at people left and right, like, boop, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> sorry about that, killing everyone left and right, and Batman chucks a couple of batarangs that are fucking, and it fucking stabs the Joker in both shoulders, and one goes through his fucking eye, showing you right away, Batman's done fucking around, this is it, he's gonna go too far this time, and the Joker's response to having a bunch of batarangs sticking in him, including his eye, is he turns around to Batman and goes, Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> like, so fucking earnest. And, oh, God, I don't want to say what happens. <laughs> but I will say that we find, we get the very best. I talked about when we talked about Batman v Superman. The fight between Batman and Superman in this story is earned. It makes sense. It's impactful. And it's the very best fucking fight scene you'll see in any fucking superhero movie is Batman versus Superman in the Dark Knight Returns Part 2. Is that the one where he actually plans to like hit him with Yeah, the... it's, it's all oh, that one. that's exciting. And that great speech at the end. So, <laughs> uh, that's Adney's uh, top five for uh, Batman uh, animated series. And we actually watched The Killing Joke, so I want to go... Killing Joke. <laughs> this worked. So as I said before, The Killing Joke adaptation came out in 1988, written by Alan Moore. Two years after The Dark Knight Returns, Alan Moore turned in this masterful work about the Joker, half of an origin story, half of one of him doing one of the most brutal fucking things he's ever done. And of course, Alan Moore is a bit of a fucking legend. I know you guys don't know this, but Alan Moore also wrote V for Vendetta. Oh, shit. As well as Watchmen, which I mentioned oh, wow, earlier. Fucking awesome. The guy Even is a legend amongst yeah, comic writers. And he wrote The Killing Joke. Boom! What a Chekhov's gun from last week. V for Vendetta comes back up again because it's an amazing fucking well, movie. Well, because we talked about to watch it. my stupid What's funny is like Alan Moore hates adaptations. <laughs> and he just does not ever want to talk about them. They like, did a pretty good job with V for Vendetta. It's like, just read my fucking I, book. It's, it's just how he's like, just read my book. What do you think about the criticisms? Would you think they handled Watchmen well? Just read my fucking book. <laughs> like, that's you read, how he you read the Watchmen? Uh, I actually haven't. 
I know, like a lot of Vendetta. I know there's, some, I have. I know there's some comic book fans out there like, "Oh, you fucking poser! You haven't read Watchmen? Fuck you! Fight me!" <laughs> but, um, joke though. Killing Joke. He wrote the Killing Joke, and it's a pretty short story. The first fucking ten minutes can blow me, bro. The first ten minutes. Of that that's not. That's not actually it's part just of. Sitting there here's with the Catwoman thing. And yeah, what, or it's not actually Batgirl. part. Okay, that's the thing we gotta address. Is the, sh- the story is pretty short, so they felt they needed to uh, pad it a little bit more. So there's a little things that are padded, little things like, eh, that's not really there, but okay, whatever. But um, I remember when I first, a while ago, hearing them talk about, oh, what we're going to do is um, we're going to give you more story about Barbara. Before the whole adaptation starts, we're going to give you more about Barbara so you feel from her more as a character. When what happens to her happens, you're more in-depth, and you feel for it more because now you know her as a character. And when I heard that, I was really excited because I really like Barbara Gordon. Like in the animated shows and everything, she's really fucking cool and she's awesome. And in the Arkham series when she's turned into the Oracle, it's awesome. So I was really excited to see that and to see the dynamic between her, Bruce, and Jim Gordon, her father. But uh, um, I think they fumbled the ball. That guy must have not wrote the adaptation. He must have just wrote the book uh, and then someone else wrote That's the thing is uh, Paul Dini, who wrote the animated series, did not write the adaptation. And he didn't write this uh, extra like thirty minutes or so that's tacked on to the beginning mm. of the Killing Joke. Mm, okay. So I want to know, because I just talked for way too fucking long. Uh, <laughs> let's get in with you guys. I want to hear um, what you didn't like. Let's talk about what we didn't like first. I didn't like that first ten minutes because we were like just doing these elementary things with Batgirl. We're going around. Nothing's really happening. I'm like, where the fuck's Batman, okay? I came to see a Batman movie, and all you're doing is showing me Batgirl. And then, when we finally do see Batman, it's for like, two fucking seconds, and he says like, a fucking word, and then he's gone, and he's, oh, he's the Batman. And she's like, all like, like, wishful that, oh, I wish you would have stayed so I could talk to him more. I really wanted to throw my hair some more, and Oh, hi, Batman. How you doing, big boy? So I just... Really, besides that whole, like, the, the adaptation part, I did enjoy the actual movie, which was a surprise to me. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Because I don't like animated shows like that. I don't. Yeah, because you're a cunt. I'm, yeah, I, <laughs> I thought they were going to show Batgirl's tits, and that kind of upset me that they didn't. It is. Yeah, yeah, they got what is up with dude, you wanting to bang They had an R characters. rating. They could have done I, it. Dude, I want to bang every cartoon character. Why? I do not under... Do you too? Every redheaded not, cartoon like, character. Like, if every redheaded cartoon character, I will fuck. Like, okay, a cosplay, I can get that. I can get behind that. But you were literally saying, you would fuck that one on the screen right there. Yes. Like, if, if, if a cartoon... Like, yes. like, if you had the virtual yes. rift. Yeah. And yes. you could feel it, yes. but all you saw was the cartoon. Yes. I would do it too. Uh, I yes. don't yes. blame you. Cartoons just yes. don't do it. So you, you know, there's cartoon porn. You watch cartoon porn? Nope. Is that in your category? But no, because it's a cartoon dick fucking him and not his. <laughs> and they had a POV with a regular dick, like who, like in Who Framed Rabbit. I was live action and cartoons yeah. mixed. Oh, oh this is the future. This is the future. <laughs> but, okay, I will tell. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I. Fucking blast! What I mostly enjoyed was the Joker. Obviously, I think that's what the idea is. Probably hadn't enjoyed Batman more, but I just I loved, I just loved. He said the what we Joker. Hated. No, I'm, I'm telling oh, you what okay. I loved and hated. I love the Joker's maniacalness. Like his just like his, he's being the Joker the whole his time. His Mark Hamillness. So much fun. He's having so much fun. That's what he but needs to be doing. But the one thing that I did not like, I felt like it was a little rushed. I understand the comic book is short, so I think reading the comic book, it would I would appreciate it a lot more. It definitely feels slower. 
it because of the fact in the comic book you're reading these little lines, you're looking at the pages, it's gonna feel like a slower follow through. But when you're you can't just have no dialogue and just scene by scene of little pictures. So I just felt like with um with Jim Gordon, I felt like his little idea into madness and then him being fine, I felt like that was a little rushed. Yeah. Like I loved I loved the Joker fucking with him. I thought it was so beautifully done. Like, oh, before you went in there, look at you. Look at this guy. Like, before you went in there, you were a little 17-year-old kid. Like, he looked like you aged, you know, 30 years. He's, he's making fun of him because of what he showed him. Uh, he showed him pictures of, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to spoil it, uh, a rape scene of Jim it's Gordon's not, daughter. It's not girl. explicitly said in the book or in the movie that Barbara Gordon was raped, like actually raped, but it's very heavily implied sexual assault. And I think it actually works uh, better for the Joker as a character if he didn't actually fuck her. Because the point isn't to fuck her. The point is to drive – like his whole point of the of – He doesn't care about his own pleasure. Is, he's getting pleasure out of driving people mad. He's yeah, not a sexual – he's not yeah. a very sexual being. It's like he's this – like Batman is. He's a force of nature just in a different way. And he wants to, he wants to prove to the world that he's not abnormal, that – Anyone can be the Joker. All it takes is one bad day. Yeah, and he's going to put Jim Gordon, who Jim Gordon is more of a hero in a certain way than Batman is because he's not out there beating criminals to a fucking pulp or torturing people, breaking bones. No, he is – the reason why Batman loves Jim and why he trusts him and why he looks up to him and why Barbara feels the same is because he's quintessentially just a good cop. Yeah, do it by the book. I want to by the book. Surrounded. Don't fucking do what you're gonna do. Like I love that yeah. part in the show, in the movie. But sorry, let me get back to what I didn't like. So again, I felt like it was a little rushed. Yeah, um, I didn't like that whole push through. Another thing that really that, that bothered me, I wanted to know why. Like I saw the Joker shake the guy's hand we bought the uh, carnival from, and then you see the guy turn into this smile, this eerie like thing. It almost like it became um. Uh, he was a human who went through taxes. It's a rictus grin. Yeah, it's the Joker's. Uh, it's the Joker's uh, like venom. That's that's what I wanted to know. I wanted them to explain that. Did you see the needle? I seen it in his hand, but I wanted it. I wanted it to be explained. They don't explain it. They don't tell you what it is. They don't mm. even give you a hint. You just kind of see it. They had a perfect opportunity too. Before all this happens, when they find those dead, those four dead bodies in yeah. that room, yeah, and, have and he goes, they were mur- they were, they were, after they died, he's like, died? What you mean, like murdered? Like they were murdered? And he's like, at that in that moment in dialogue talking to Harvey Bullock, Batman could have said, "This is the Joker's poison that he used on them." Yeah, which I he didn't could understand. have said that. That could have established right then and there That's- that the Joker has a chemical that he makes that he turns your face, he, you die with this disgusting rictus grin on your face and that same stuff is used in a movie i mentioned earlier batman mask of the phantasm okay and that see as a as someone who hasn't watched the other animated series i felt like they fell be short better. there yeah, yeah, they yeah. Fucked up. i felt like it'd be better if they would have shown me not just because he shook the guy's hand when he bought it from him, and he took it off his hand he took the little needle off his hand which i get that i'm like okay whatever he has on his hand turned him into what that is the rictus grin and then it shows the beginning 
But it really upset me that they didn't give that to me as your average, as your no, casual fan. No, I have to agree with you because yeah. then when he sent Gordon in there, I thought that that's how he got them to do all the crazy fucking face shit. That, oh, like, by he taking sends them through the, the roller coaster and then they get out and they're fucking nuts or whatever because of what he does inside of the roller coaster. Oh, I didn't make. Yeah, that they definitely in that in that I, scene. I knew it was the poison because of him, Batman, getting into that room where everything is t- uh, topsy turvy. Everything's up on the ceiling and then him. I love that scene too of him beating him with the fucking. Uh, frying pan dude, that was my so favorite good. scene in the inside that was I know, dude, you that, that, erupted that, that scene right there is my was my favorite scene not only that scene my favorite non-dialogue scene in the entire movie was the joker's eyes being lit up when he sees his fucking creation your this, favorite visual my favorite visual was when he first lights up the carnival when he first lights up the carnival and all the, the lights are shining uh-huh. and he's smiling and he has a look on his face like this is it. Get this you a is, man who looks at you like that. Yeah, it's like uh-huh. everything I've ever done boils down to this moment. Yeah, and I felt like that visual right there, the non-dialogue visual, just the fucking look of the Joker. I thought that was the most beautifully well shot thing. And and the pan, that, that like was the, the top of, of his the face, animation in like the, film. the pan of his face, of like him turning his face, and you seeing like a little glimp in his eye, and then him turning, and then you see his eyes light up as he goes to the other side of the, of the camera. I thought that was very well shot, but yes, you do see the little poison thing in his hand, trying to shake or trying to fuck with Batman during that topsy turvy scene, which kind of gave you another hint. Okay, that thing on his hand—that's what he pulled off earlier. That's what gave the poison to the guy you bought the carnival from. But yes, dude, you're totally right. They didn't do a good enough job to set that up for the casual. Like I said in the Red Hood, they do a lot of good exposition, so you don't need to be a hardcore fan to understand what's going on. And like I said, what they should have done is when you when Batman first finds those buys with the grins on them is in dialogue have Batman yeah. tell Harvey Bullock, oh, this is the Joker's venom. This is what it does. Something to that effect so that that way, boom, you set up your Chekhov's gun. The audience knows what's going on. The audience is like, oh, wow, that's a thing. And then later on, when, you, when, when they see the Joker do that to the guy he bought the carnival or he stole the carnival from, they're like – Oh shit! And it would it makes your your look you would look at it and go that's fucking awesome instead of saying wait what yeah would have been way better. But other than that though, everything else was great. I, and I put that in my own head as soon as I watched it. I, I was confused, but I figured I would ask you and you would explain it. But I'm glad I got to bring it up on the podcast. What bothered me, like what Chris said at the fucking beginning, the whole thing they tacked on with Barbara, I was so excited to see. I was like, that's a really good that's a good uh, story thing because in the regular book she's this side thing she's uh batman's like batman looks at her as a daughter and uh it's his best friend's actual daughter one of his best friend's actual daughter and like he has like this protective feeling over her, you know even though he does look at her as a partner as well and it's like oh you went too far this time joker now i have to stop you because it's the right thing to do and i was like okay well barbara that's a great thing but we need to feel more but you could feel more for barbara because you don't really know her much in the story i was like oh they're gonna add more on that would be fucking awesome you could see barbara being batgirl being fucking awesome and we do get to see her fight really well you do get to see her being badass but the problem is like how they she make got her to be batgirl that would have been cool i didn't want the origin because it would like take away because like take away from the story of the joke this, like, this is this is a joker batman though just to give you maybe because yeah, monologue in the beginning <laughs> Cause like that's the thing, like, cause like one of the one of the things that I like about Batgirl is why she became Batgirl. She didn't have this horrible tragedy the way Bruce, Jason, or Dick did. She what she she was inspired. That's what Batman wanted. He wanted to inspire good people to keep to do better. 
and she has this enormous love and respect. She has a, she, Jim's a great dad. He's not just a good cop. He's a good man. That's one of the reasons why Batman loves him, and that's why Barbara has such a good relationship with her father because she can look up to him and she admires him. That's her hero. The way every kid should see their fucking parents is they're a hero. That's how she sees her dad, and since a young girl, her dad was working with the fucking Batman. So obviously... Seeing what her, how her dad sees the Batman, she sees him as a hero as well. She looked and her she was trained by her dad first before she was trained by the Batman. It's seeing what the Batman's doing, even though there's some people who would disagree with it. The fact that she knows her dad not only agrees with it but works with him that inspires her to kind of like, look, Dad, I can do that too. This is the right thing. I want to be that hero as well. I want to be that hero to not only you, Dad, but to the city. I want to be like that. It's something for her to aspire to. That's why she dons on the Batgirl outfit alone. I didn't get any of that, bro. Yeah, and it would have been pretty cool if they got that. <laughs> she decides to be Batgirl on her own, and then Batman is like, all right, let me give, let me, so let me teach you how to do it right. Did, like, that would have been awesome if they did doing? that. Actually, would have, that would have been a way better ending instead of, what we fucking, this made me, I remember, I, tell, I was telling you guys, as soon as we walked out of the theater, I was all, that really bugged me, I don't fucking like this, because you turned her into those annoying, stupid college girls who fuck their professor, and then they go fucking stupid and crazy, that's all I want to do is fuck their professor, it's so, so it made me, I was like, this is not, it made, when they when they had their little fucking sex scene, it made me uncomfortable, no, 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 it made me not. uncomfortable, I was like, this, that's supposed to be a father-daughter relationship, and he knows them more than the fucking writers, huh? <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I was like, no, I don't want that. I don't want the sexual tension. He has sexual tension with Catwoman. That's what Catwoman's there for. That's what Taya Al Ghul's there for. That's what Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn are for, to an extent. Therefore, like he has already a bunch of female villains that he has this kind of this thing. This chick with. is like fifty years he, younger than him. <laughs> he yeah, he's like she's the same age as fucking Dick Grayson was, who was like Bruce's son, and and fucking uh, uh, Nightwing and Batgirl have had a fucking thing. So it's like. Dude, don't do that. <laughs> like, you, like I would, I think it would have been better if he saw it as, oh, the Joker attacked my surrogate daughter. I think it would have been more than the surrogate attacked that chick I fucked. Yeah, like that exactly. seems like so That's stupid. And not only that, but it also had that the like the the, the villain they added that uh, that uh, mob France, guy. No, it's uh, Franz Paris Franz. Yeah, that Come fucking on, kid. It's like movie you didn't watch it. You start <laughs> off by showing like. Fuck you, Ron. I feel like I feel like the fucking writers were basically warning girls, don't be a hero because as soon as you do, guys will fucking try and rape you and you're all gonna lose. The first guy that tries who gets obsessed with you, he's gonna get some knockout gas because you're not gonna be smart enough to beat it. You're gonna almost die because of some nobody. And then when the real big guys come in, they're gonna kill you almost and they're gonna rape you and you're not gonna beat it. So don't be a hero, ladies. I wish they would have. That's what I got out of it. That was, that was a good point. I totally wish they would have the Joker meet Franz so he'd be like, you're breaking my boss, Franz. You're breaking my boss. <laughs> God. Dude, that, that's really about it. like I would have like Fons Fons that whole Briggs. beginning. You, like they could have changed it, like like Chris said, to make it to make, so it, funny I'm to make it be her bat, make her become Batgirl, and then show like everything I said. Yeah. That that's what I know, but you guys don't know that, and you fucking should. If you did, you would feel for her, and when you see her get more. fucking shot yep. and fucked up, and her spine fucked up, you will both would have felt for her. But I didn't. I didn't give a shit at all. And then I, I heard you whisper, "I'm not gonna fuck a crippled." About time to I mean, I will. Started, but I don't want. I'd rather she fuck a normal it. girl, not a retard. You know what I Chris, mean? Chris, what are you saying? Nothing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I apologize, Chris. It doesn't matter. But uh, it does matter. Like, so that that like I don't like the way. They handled Barbara's little intro thing. I don't like her. They, uh, they, they could have done something better. To show her being 
a, an, an actual good heir apparent to Batman, not this bumbling fucking moron who wouldn't be good as a crime fighter. And when you're like, when she goes, I quit being Batgirl, you're relieved. Yeah. You shouldn't be relieved. You should be like, no, we need you. We need you to be Batgirl. We need like, you. Good thing she's not Batgirl. That's what you anymore. fucking need. And that's so dumb. you fucking the whole criminal underworld, uh, right? As far, presents from him and shit. <laughs> as far as the actual adaptation of the actual thing, like the whole fucking, the Joker doing a dance number in the middle of him torturing Gordon. No. Don't do that. Oh, you didn't like that? It's supposed to be like – Steve, so, Stevie like, kind of alluded to it when he said when you're reading it, it's this slow kind of buildup. But that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like him slowly, methodically whispering into Jim's ear about – you know, like, and they're like they're zapping him repeatedly. They're beating him on this ride and they're showing – like in the movie, you get a quick glimpse of the pictures of Barbara. It goes on longer if you in the book. Like it's like, look what I did to your daughter. Look what I did. She's dying. She's look at the bullet wound. She's bleeding out. And look what I'm doing to her. Like this happened. You let this happen. You're fucking useless. You couldn't protect Everything, your own daughter. Yeah, you couldn't protect her, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> like and just getting into his head and remember when all the and, and like the whole line of that beautiful line of madness is the emergency exit. No matter how bad things get, you can always just let it go mm. and forget about it all. And him. It's such a like a more of a buildup, and it's this calm, creepy, eerie feeling, and it's interrupted by a dance number. And I thought that really threw off what the Joker was trying to do. Yeah, the Joker needs to be a little playful, but there's plenty of other times in out the movie that he did that. You didn't. You could edit that out. Like, yeah, please. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And I feel that's because of them trying time to padding. Adapt yeah, it trying for, to time yeah. killer. Yeah, and time they're like, killer. oh, what's something a lot of stuff? Musicals, man. Almost everything has a musical number. People love musicals, bro. It is part of, like, when I was in school and everything, it is something that they suggest. Like, oh, if you need to do something, like, music has been a part of it since the very fucking beginning, since, like, Charlie Chaplin and shit. And so it's kind of like a staple within cinema. But, like, it's not necessary, and especially wasn't necessary. Also, like, uh, the animation I felt was shoddy in places. The, The scene that Stevie talked about, that visual was the best visual, like, like, animation best animated scene what, sorry i'm gonna interrupt you what i thought was very shoddy like you just said was there's a there was a scene of it just showing the cars parked like together uh when she was going into where uh fucking paris france was getting money through from his uncle he was stealing money out of the the safe, the safe. The, fucking there thing. was a shoddy part of cars right there and it looked like super cheap just a super cheap shot thrown into this fucking movie, which had really good animated scenes. Like, why would you do a shitty shot? It's like, are you yeah. trying to save your money for this? other... It was weird, dude. Every now and then. Dude, the animation is fucking expensive, and especially with how on point their voice is. But dude, this is what, here's the thing. Like, all those movies that I mentioned in my top five, the animation is fucking great. Uh, the, uh, the Mask of the Phantasm, you might watch it and be like, oh, this doesn't seem as good as the other ones. But like, yeah, it was made in 93. 93. And it's ahead it of its time. If you look at other animation of the time, sense. it's so far ahead. They were and it's so like artistic, it's so new. The way so yeah, they, they were, like uh-huh. they did something no one else did, and they wrote on black on a black background. Everyone wrote, I like, drew on white when they started the series. They're like, oh, everyone does white, and then they color it in. We're gonna start with black to give it a dark gothic feel, and it works beautifully. Whoa, that's fucking. But cool. uh, anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and this one, so that that those were the problems that like I had with it was the fucking dance number, dude. The fucking the way they handled Barbara's little origin thing before the actual adaptation started, animation being shoddy here and there, but that's it. Yeah, there is some brilliant things. There's some times where like they took panels from the comic book and they they animated it and it just jumped off the screen and it was like 
yes, that's what we wanted to see. That's what we needed to see. Uh, the one that jumps in memory is when uh, he first sees himself deformed with the white skin, mm. green hair, and red lips, and he grabs his head, and his hair is coming up between his fingers, and he just starts laughing maniacally. And he's bleeding out of the mouth, and he's bleeding yeah. out of his eyes. That's a panel from the uh, from the book, and it's like, oh, they captured it. Fucking amazingly. Great fucking job. Uh, and, of course, what was funny that I thought that they added was when, the jo- when Batman's beating the Joker up, in the upside down room, yeah, and the Joker, room, Joker man. like puts puts his fingers through the eye holes of the bat cowl and pulls it down. <laughs> That's in the comic book, and I was like, they did it. That's hilarious. That uh, was the funniest fucking scene to me, dude, ever. He's just was, kicking him up repeatedly, like kind of not even the house, just like, God damn it, what the fuck? He's like mad yelling at him. He's like mad at him for some reason. <laughs> Why aren't you laughing? Why's a joke? Laugh at it. You're insane. And also like that, that whole part of on. Uh, He's leading Batman through the mirrors, like in fucking Enter the Dragon. <laughs> and he was, and he's like, "Some, you had a bad day once, didn't you? I know you did. I can feel it. What happened? Your wife get taken out by the mob? What was it? Like, what happened to you? You were just like me. Something happened, and you snapped, and now here you are. And it's like, he's totally fucking right. <laughs> Yeah, the Joker's so he abnormal. snapped on the other side of the fence. The other side yeah. being, and a it's good perfect guy. because for good. Joker's whole thing is like they're opposite to one another. They're the no, yin and the yang. His whole thing is anyone can be me. That's what he says over like, Anyone can be me after one bad day. It's all it takes to lose it. And he tries to do that by doing everything he did to Jim Gordon, and it doesn't work because Jim Gordon isn't fucking on the brink. He is like he's an example of no, you're wrong. And Batman tells him no, Jim's fine. So you're wrong. Not everyone's like you, but at the same time, Batman's admitting that he is like the Joker because he's the one that snapped as well. He had the same. He had the same bad fucking day, and he lost it. Well, even in the in the movie, decided just like a fucking bat. Yeah, in the movie, uh, Batman mentions that word for word. His dialogue is, "I need you." He it's like you get that in the movie. You complete me. The Joker saying that, but no, Batman in in this series last night in that movie, he basically says, "I need the Joker." Like we need one another. And maybe he, maybe we need each other. Yeah, to do this. it's fucking to so find crazy. That he has I'm justified. As long as you're around, I'm justified. Yeah, it's kind of what Batman. It's really in the cool. deepest, darkest part of Batman's head, that's what he kind of thinks. So without without ruining it, without fucking completely ruining. No, fuck that. We gotta talk about the ending. We have to. Oh, okay. We have oh, no choice. Fine. Have no choice. We haven't even really said what it's about. We said what we've liked. We said what we've hated. But we haven't actually said what it's. Well, that's fucking the thing. About. I don't want to say what it's about. Let's let's show the. This ending. is like I think this review is kind of with the intent that you've already seen it. We have to, the ending is such a big thing. Like they're one of the reasons why this story became such a huge iconic part of Batman's culture is that ending. Yeah, because it's left it. ambiguous. You don't know what happened. Alan Moore, the writer, is like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so he hasn't actually come out and said what's happened. No. But within the comic book community, There's there a is theories. a verdict that everybody. There's the most popular sports. one, which is the coolest one. I remember when we were leaving the theater, and Chris, yeah, do you remember what you said? Yeah. You're like, I don't like that they became friends. That's <laughs> it. seemed like they were cool at the end. Yeah. Like, but then once Because what'd you get? You had Joker telling that joke, which was legitimately a good joke. <laughs> the first good joke he tells. He's so like, remember earlier in the movie, he already goes, order in the court. And he's like, repeat, he says a sandwich that he wants, and everyone's all, boo, <laughs> bad joke. <laughs> and he's like, ah. It doesn't have to be good to be a classic. <laughs> but, uh, 
he tells that joke about the two crazy people and the fucking oh, – dude, that's a great joke. I can't remember the joke, but I laughed. I do. I remember the joke. I don't think we have time to retell it. No, so. He tells that the brilliant joke and then he starts laughing uncontrollably and Batman just kind of – you get one panel, a close-up of Batman smirks and then he starts laughing. But then you don't see him laughing. You see a – it's a the And then rain. the Joker's laughing too and they're laughing hard together and all of a sudden you see Batman take a step forward and he puts both of his hands – Around the collarbone of the Joker, and the camera pans down yeah, slowly. Yeah, that's what it is. As the yeah. laughing gets louder and louder, and then all you see is f- all you see is their feet and the rain drops hitting In, the water. Hitting water, and yeah, the Joker the all of a sudden falls silent. All you can hear is the Batman laughing. Camera pans down even further. You can't see their feet anymore. It's just the water, just the rain. But Batman's still laughing. He still laughs, and then silence. What the fuck? <laughs> and it's so like, wait, what? Like, what happened? Like, that's the last page. Of the book. Yeah, like, that's what, what the, I was thinking. I was like, what the fuck? Wait, what? What did? What? What? What, what, what happened? All this, and like everyone's like freaking out about it, of course. And the uh, fun interpretation, the more artistic interpretation, is that this book is not canon. It's not part of the continuity. This is its own separate thing, just like the Dark Knight Returns. In this story. The Joker went so far that Batman himself snapped and finally killed him. That what the Joker did to both Jim and Barbara, the people he cared about so much, and the conversation that he had. In the beginning of the movie, he's like, I've been thinking a lot about us, our relationship, and that this doesn't have to end in death. We, I, I can't live with myself if I didn't know that I tried everything I could to try and work this out. That can help you. And he tries everything he can, and then, of course, he realizes that he's talking to an imposter. Then when he at the end of the movie, he's talking to the Joker. He says the same thing, basically. He's like, look, I can help you. I can rehabilitate you. We don't have to kill each other. This doesn't, ha- doesn't have to end this way. We don't have to die, neither of us. We can go back. Because once again, remember, the Batman realizes that this is his responsibility. The Joker wouldn't exist without the Batman. He feels responsible for him. That's why he can't bring himself to kill him. That's his, one of his greatest mistakes is the Joker's existence. And he's trying to, if he can bring him back, if he can bring the Joker back to normal, if he can fix what's wrong with the Joker, then he knows that he had meaning. Then he can justify him being the Batman. Then everything, this whole crusade had a fucking purpose. as his last ditch effort to try and do that. And the Joker says, no, it's too late. Like, fuck you. This is what we're going to be till the end of time. Like fucking Heath Ledger says in The Dark Knight. Because I think you and I are destined to do this forever. And he tells that joke, and finally Batman's like, fuck it. He's not going to change. He's not going to be fixed. This is it. After everything he did tonight, it's only going to get worse. He's only going to upstage himself. I have to end it now. And he kills him. That's what we don't get, but that's what is implied. That's what I choose to interpret it. <laughs> I just... Not just me, but a lot of people, including Grant Morrison, one of the greatest comic book writers. I right? can see that for sure. Like That makes sense. I could see that. But I could also see how do you know that somehow the Joker didn't get out of the grasp? Or how do you know that he actually killed him? Like, you don't. You don't know. Yeah, it's ambiguous. It's totally ambiguous. And it's meant to be that way. So you can interpret it as Batman laughed for the first time in his entire life, even though that's totally against his character. So why did they kill He finally shows a moment of... It's called the killing joke. And then he kills him? Like The joke that finally killed it. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? 
So anyways, this story is really about the Joker, though, and we didn't actually spoil any of that timeline. So if you do want to go and know Yeah, it's, more actually, it's partially about... an origin story. And what's funny, though, is like it says... Like everyone's it's favorite, though, it's everyone's I mean, favorite it's origin. Huh? It's everyone's favorite origin of the Joker. But he says in the fucking movie and in the book, he's like, "If I'm gonna have a past, I prefer it be multiple choice. Mm. Sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes I remember it the other." That's and a- one of the brilliant things is that, of course, the Joker is voiced by masterfully Mark Motherfucking Hamill, mm. Batman by Kevin Goddamned Conroy. And, of course, Batgirl voiced by Tara Strong, who has been Batgirl since the Batman animated series. And she's also voiced Harley Quinn in the games. Tara Strong is one of the best voice actors. Like, she's voiced most of the cartoons that you could think of. Like, oh. she's Timmy Turner in the Fairly Odd Parents. Ah, seriously? <laughs> she's Bubbles from Powerpuff Girls. Uh-huh. She was the first person to ever do the voice of Hello Kitty in the first Hello Kitty cartoon. That's fucking nuts. What about she's she incredibly, she, Dude, she's incredibly talented. She's drawn together. Uh, Rugrats. She's incredibly talented voice actress. She's incredibly hot. And she's dressed up as Harley Quinn at Comic-Con this year, and it's mm. the best cosplay ever. The old school Harley Quinn? No, the one, that she, no. the one that she voiced in Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. That version of her, but it's super hot because she's super hot. Plus, it's Harley Quinn, so it's even hotter. And since it's her voice, that's... So How old is she? Uh, uh, oh, wow, you want, you're trying to holla? Let me holla. I want to say early oh, 40s, oh, actually. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. There was a not in the country that happened this weekend. <laughs> so uh, I wrote a little tone for all the not in the country folk out there doing that country thing. You know what I mean? Uh, red cup, black boots, cornfield, no Jews. <laughs> <laughs> not in the country. <laughs> How accurate so, is that? For, it's kind of accurate. <laughs> the whole no juice thing is kind of The Jew part was the most obvious. I don't think I asked one person if they were Jew Because there's no Jewish I at least people. saw six of them. Those there's curly no goddamn fucks. Jewishes at the fucking night in the country. Okay, so for people who don't know what night in the country You better is, say it fucking right with the goddamn accent, you piece of shit. So <laughs> You're going to tell the story about the night I got to talk in a redneck accent the whole time. God damn it, son. <laughs> I want you to tell You're about being your, disrespectful. I want you to tell you about your night in the cunt. With telling about stories of your night in the cunt, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? How many cunts you get inside on that night? <laughs> not, not any, not any. I didn't get in any cunts that night in the cunt. Did your night go good? Did your night go real so, good? Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're not better when good in the cunt. <laughs> so night in the country is a music, or it's a country music festival held in my actual hometown. Pop country music festival. Pop country. Pop country. Fix that. Saucier. Saucier. In my hometown of 5,000 people, and then we get about 5,000 people. We get about 17,000 to come in for the concert. So about 17,000 come in, come come triples, come down strong, bringing the big old trucks. Everyone got a red, everyone got a red cup in their hand. They all bring the dogs. Everyone gets together. They plug in live. They do live tunes. Everyone's singing that slide old guitar, and everyone's getting down. Where were you? You weren't there, but I was. No, you weren't. <laughs> Not, no, I wasn't. You were. <laughs> no, the character that Steve was pretending to be oh, was there. Right, oh, I was. Right. I'm fifteen thousand people right now. <laughs> <laughs> I represent. I represent seventy percent. <laughs> so yeah, but it's a three-day fucking country festival. Yeah, so it's proving that white lives it's matter. A fucking shit fest. <laughs> white lives matter. Whoa, Donald That's Trump, two thousand sixteen. 
So what's really funny about the whole thing? The he's first... gonna have three terms. <laughs> what? <laughs> the first thing I even politics work? the first thing I even noticed about it is as soon as I got there, every single security guard was black. So the entire security team was black at a white festival, like. It's a that's weird. pop country festival. That's kind of cool. Because like like all the white people are... I kind of feel like it's kind of... Uh, like they were trying to... Race and dicing. Is, is that a term? No. Like, what I think it was was all the white people who usually do security are at the show <laughs> enjoying the fucking well, All music. the white people that usually do security are at the Trump rallies. <laughs> so black security guards need jobs. And hopefully some of these pop country people are like, nah, man, it's all equal here. You know, it's we're all, all equal. equal. Actually, I didn't see one fucking fight. Now, I've talked to other people and they saw some fights. But to be honest, from my perspective, from where I was at and stuff, it was like a very like peaceful night in the country, which is weird because you usually see a lot of fucking people getting fucked up. <laughs> it was a up. peaceful night in the country. <laughs> this one time, it was peaceful. This time. This time in the night. Every other goddamn time, people want to argue about... Whether or not Dale Jr. is actually talented. <laughs> Keep telling him, Richard Petty, motherfucker. <laughs> That's goddamn real number one razor. Not your goddamn California oh, kid. you ain't never going to beat no 200 wins. You ain't never going to beat. No, you must be out of your goddamn mind. Richard Petty, the greatest child I ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> this is not gonna happen. I'm not telling the story. No, you guys. No, I can't go. tell it. All you guys are gonna do is keep no, ripping. Is like, so I'm not fun. gonna be able to get done. We're done. We're done. I'm just gonna Turn get fired. He's done. He's done. He's done. No, I'm done, done. I'm done with this fucking no, story. Night in the country was fun. I met a girl <laughs> there. I later had sex with her. But oh wait, don't tell the story. That's so exciting. In the country. That's so exciting. No, tell no, the story. Fuck you guys. No, we're done. Fuck you guys. No, and also. I'm not doing dating corner anymore. No. Yeah, because no. I'm just a big rapist. I'm going to tell this fucking story. And then I'm going to say, you like that idea. Fucking podcast. I'm just a big rapist. Everybody keeps telling me how rapey I sound on the dating corner. One person who is a rape artist. No, no, no. He should not be named as a rapey person. He should not be named. He should not be raped. But it was I do want to say our campsite, because you get campsites out there, we made a hay bale pool. Come on. That's tight. That's awesome. Somebody know what's that? Sorry. So we oh, hay bale. Let him know, Chris. We set up a bunch of hay bales, and then we got like a hay tarp, and we put it in the middle, and then we strapped it around, and we filled that bitch with water. And we had oh. a big ass fucking pool at our fucking campsite. Oh, that's awesome! It was I pretty tight. That's pretty sweet, so yeah. for the first like two days, it was money. But after two days, you're in the fucking desert, and it gets muddy, and then the whole fucking pool starts to look like it's fucking STD filled. When really, it's just mud. It's really just a big. <laughs> it really, it's just mud. It's just a big mud. It's just a big old pile. Just a big old pile of mud. It's just a mud hole, baby. What are you scared of? It's just mud. Exactly. Don't, 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 don't them rich white folks take all them mud masks and pay all that money for that. Yeah, this is for that. this right here. This is the cheap American way. Because we found an easy way to do a thing. Damn, Special fucking guest, really George good. Bush. I'm so glad I could be here today. <laughs> telling you what, I, I love up, all uh, these uh, I tell you, country uh, music. I love, uh, I love Night in the Country because uh, <laughs> it brings people together it, and uh, uh, to appreciate uh, white culture. <laughs> Our culture don't get enough uh, uh, attention, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, how many presidents do we have? How many presidents do they have? I mean, we're clearly winning. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it brings together all the all the things we all enjoy, like you know, knots and countries, and you know, like uh, sexy cowgirls with their little uh, their plastic boots because they're not real. Brings together all the pop country music, and we got no condoms are allowed. We got black security guards over here. We're all doing. We got that dirty hay bale fucking pool. It's, it's great. <laughs> things are great. Things are going good. 
So because we're kind of constricted with time, I'm not going to go into full detail because I do want to get to the sex topic. So I'm just going to breeze over everything. Uh, I don't remember shit from the concert. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. No, no, no. From the concert. From the concert. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. You're breezing through. You're trying to be the nice guy. No, we want to spend time on Batman, so I'm just going to breeze through this. No, it's because you can't remember no, a fucking thing. It's just I'm going to be walking in the morning like, dude, I cannot talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. George Bush is like, hello. No, I meant, okay, I meant. I can tell you every goddamn thing that I happened at the concert. Life happened, Christopher. <laughs> Like, at the concert, I don't remember what happened. In the campgrounds, partying everywhere around the concert, I remember it pretty clearly. How were the chicks? But I was... T- Dude, come on. <laughs> there was too many of them. They were too naked, and I couldn't get with any of them. Oh, but at one point, I literally just started going out and giving hugs. And I was like, nope, I'm spreading love, and that's what I'm going to do tonight. And this was on a Friday Spreading night, STDs. And huh? I literally went around and walked around and started hugging people. Get that Jimmy would, Carter love everyone the bullshit time, out of here. I was like looking at Everybody people. Everybody loved everybody. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was Will Ferrell. Yes. Well, semi-pro. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it so much. So, everybody loved everybody. <laughs> and so people are waiting in line to go to the concert, and I'm just going through the line hugging people. Like, oh, it looks like you need a hug. Chris, did you like, chat and Did you chat and cut? <laughs> Start talking to people and shit, and they're like, like, ticket please and you turn around like oh here's my ticket like <laughs> you get you chat and cut you no. chat to cut in line I, that would have been nice oh, but no I literally didn't want to go in the concert because I don't know who the fuck's playing I don't really even like pop country so if I can't sing along and throw a girl around it's not really my jam Good. So I was like <laughs> fuck this concert I'm gonna go spread throw love throw a girl around sounding rapey again Chris throwing bitches fuck this concert I'm gonna go spread love <laughs> that's beautiful fuck <laughs> this concert I'm gonna go spread love <laughs> that in my country boots and I have my cowboy hat on you with did? my nice collared shirt you know it he's dating character that was like him doing a character who was trying to sound a little not Country at the same time. I love it. You know it. You know it. But um, so I had a lot of fun doing that, and I actually didn't. I got denied by one person, and I was like, no biggie, no biggie. But I was going up behinding people and like hugging them, and mostly dudes because I didn't want to get slapped by a dude whose girlfriend that I was giving love to. You know what I mean? That's good. That's funny. That's, that's what sweet. we call a strategy in the game. <laughs> it really so, looked like I was gay. But you did because get, I was literally going around giving dudes hugs. But hold on. <laughs> you, you did get laid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is after random, this night. Random? So this uh, was Friday it's called night. eventuality. Saturday night happens, and I've seen this girl before, okay? And she's hung around, like... So there's this, there was this friend group from high school or whatever. We all came up here. We all kind of, like, split, a lot, split our parts or whatever. So she met one of my old friends and I had seen her around at other night in the countries, other fucking country things that I have gone to gone to and I was always kind of attracted to her. Now, I was always only kind of attracted to her because she is on the bigger side of curvy. We all know I like my curvy women, but we also know that I hate fat women, which is really fucking weird. <laughs> Walking that tightrope, son. It's, yeah, I'm like it's it's a really fine line. So but I saw her and I was like, she looks good tonight. I'm gonna get that one. And she so was I go good tonight over, in the country. <laughs> and not in the country. 
So I go over there, and she's just dancing or whatever, and I just I just start dancing with her, and we start fucking uh, swing dancing. Swing dancing. I only know like the basic swing dance, so it wasn't anything special. But so this Grab was your probably partner, our, like, by the tits, swing around. This was until already. She shits. <laughs> this was already after the concert, so this is in the K Bull tent they call it, and this is where the after party happens. So the concert ends at like ten. But then everyone goes to this K Bull tent, which is the after party, and that goes. Which, for anybody who doesn't know, in Reno, the K Bull is an actual uh, country station. station. It's a pop country station in Reno. It's like all over. I think it's like most of Nevada. I think it might be a quarter of Nevada. I didn't know that. Huge country station. Like 98. Just so people that are not from Reno, they would understand that. So, anyways, that's where the after party's happening. That's where I fucking see her at, and that's where I go and try to, like, attack her or whatever. Attack her. <laughs> <laughs> getting into the idea of who he who shall not be named of what he said. Dude, I'm not rapey. This is just how I explain it. Like, I'm not literally trying to attack her. I want to put rapey in the podcast like, name so I'm just so Dude, like, I'm not rapey. I'm not rapey. I'm just like incredibly aggressive and I, just, unwanted. I, I use aggressive words I'm not actually going up to her and grabbing her like come here bitch yeah, dude, every story you tell is way more aggressive than it actually was like, <laughs> man just like understand my lingo I'm not a rapist yes, <laughs> god damn it everyone else is peeking, peeking hell hard right everyone else's fault why they think I'm rapey <laughs> I have raped none of these women. <laughs> so anyways. Alcanzal. Uh, we start making out. So it's like 1 o'clock at this point, And then I can't remember exactly how we got separated. I think I was like, oh, I got to go get a drink. And she's like, okay, well, I got to go. 1 a.m., yeah? Yeah, it was about 1 when I was on there. She's like, I got to go get a, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. And I was like, cool. Well, while I was getting a drink, I went and started giving out hugs again because I was the spreader of love that night. And so <laughs> I gave someone a hug. And when they uh, came and like came back away from my hug, my eye slid across their uh, shirt and it fucking popped my contact out. And so now I can't fucking see out of my left eye. It's pitch ass fucking black dark outside because they don't have any lights on where this after party is at. And the girl that I was just making out with is fucking black. So I cannot find her. Like, so now I went and I got my beer, and then I'm running around just squinting at everybody. So you lost her contact. Yeah. A contact literally popped out of my fucking you eye. You skipped the part where you started making out with her? You got a mold over that? Right? Well, we started making out. I said I went up to her. We started mm-hmm. dancing because we had seen each other. We yeah, had but you seen each other around. And so I had kind of, like, kind of just stood next to her, and I kind of, like, just recognized her, and then she recognized me. And I was like, okay. And then we recognize each other. <laughs> and then I was like, and then and then I kind of smiled and I was like, I know I've seen you before. And she was like, I know. And then that's when I kind of just like, I kind of like, like, I know. Yeah, I kind of like stuck out my hand so or whatever. And then she like gave me her I'm hand. And then we started dancing. And then after we started dancing, we made out. And after we made out, I went to get a beer. She went to go to the bathroom. And then my fucking contact fucking fell out. And then I couldn't fucking find her again. And it was already at one o'clock. So. Two o'clock rolls around. This place is really starting to die out. Like, there's barely anyone there now. Everyone's at the campsites by this point raging. So I'm like, okay, she's got to be here. If she's here, like, I know she's going to be here because, like, we made out. Like, I got lips of fucking, like, the Lord. Like, they're just so magic that I know she's going to still be Shit. here. <laughs> Except for that fucking Brillo pad on your face. Uh, Brillo <laughs> pad makes it better. But anyways, she wasn't fucking there, or I just couldn't fucking see her because I'm squinting at everything, and it's all dark, and I just can't fucking see anything. And so I was like, fuck this. I went back to my camp. She wasn't there, and I was like, dang, I was hoping she was there because she knew one of the people at my camp. And I was like, maybe like she might she happen to, go with to him look and for she you, maybe yeah. looking for me because she knew that this was a mutual friend. 
she wasn't there, and I was like, bummer. And then, so, we're, uh, we're off the campsite taking shots. I'm like, I'm going to head out. I'm going to go bed. And then me and uh, this girl named Mariah sit in my bed in my air mattress in my tent. And I was like, oh, am I about to bang Mariah right now? Is this about to happen? And me and her just vibe out for, like, a solid hour just talking shit on people. <laughs> like, people we know. Is that people, a real name? People we don't know. Yeah, Mariah's tight. Are you supposed to put it on that podcast? Yeah, it's fine because we didn't do anything. Oh, okay. I'm not putting on a blast. At all. Uh, we had a great time. I had a really great time with her, actually. And all we did was talk. I, the main topic of conversation with her when we were in my fucking bed was orgasms. Because she was like, I haven't had a lot of orgasms. And I was like, okay, so why is it like, why is it normal for chicks to be okay with not having orgasms? And it's not normal if a guy, like, if a guy doesn't have an orgasm and he's mad, like, everyone's like, oh, that's understandable. He didn't come. But if a girl doesn't have an orgasm and she's mad, everyone's like, oh, that girl's just a bitch. Like, what a period-ass bitch. Exactly. <laughs> so we were having this great conversation about, like, all these double standards and everything. And we really did. We had a great convo for, like, an hour and a half until we finally passed out. That was the night. Tell her about the podcast? Did tell her about it. She listens. Pretty sure she uh, listens. Pretty sure. Her and Kaylee. They're friends. Oh. Uh. So, anyways, next day rolls around. I am obsessed as soon as I wake up because I'm like, ah, I let her slip away. Like, that was the last chance that I had at getting laid at night in the country. Like, God damn it. Now it's Sunday. This is clean up and pack it, pack it out day. And so everyone's going to leave. I was like, fuck, that sucks. That sucks. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, my buddy's probably got her number. They're mutual fucking friends. So I get the number from him, and I text her, and she's like, who's this? And I was like, the dude who you mouth raped last night. Because she raped my mouth, not the other way around. I just want to make that Yeah, fucking huge shall not be named. (laughs) She was all about it. She was just like, ah. And I was like, oh, shit. She is extreme right now. Suck a dick, Tom Riddle. (laughs) So anyways, I tell her who I am. And then we have great flirty conversation throughout the day as I'm picking up camp. Because we have to pick up our camp. Now, remember I told you we fucking brought this fucking hay pool? At this point, there were holes in the tarp that we filled up. So our entire fucking camp, along with the campsite next flooded. to us, is straight flooded out in fucking mud city, dude. Like, it's so fucking rugged at this point. The, our next door camper literally had to move his trailer up like 10 fucking feet. So, so it didn't get stuck. So it didn't get stuck and just sink into the fucking ground. Damn. Now, this was our first time making the hay pool. Damn, that won't happen again. That, fucking that was fucked up. Like, we felt bad... But we didn't know. This was our first time doing the hay pool, and we didn't realize how bad it was going to leak. Next year, we're not going to do that. We're just going to buy one of those regular pools that everyone else has. Or maybe we'll do something different. But the hay pool just didn't work because the tarp that we used to put in the hay pool had holes in it. So we could do the hay pool again, but we'd have to go out and buy, buy like a brand new tarp. Like, yeah, and it has to be tarp. fucking big. So it's going to be like 100 bucks just for the tarp. But why we don't want to do it? It's because then we had to clean that bitch up. So we had to take off the tarp. We had to drain out all the water. We had to dig out canals so that the water would start flowing and it wouldn't just sit there right in the middle so not all the hay was fucking waterlogged. And then my buddy had to pull his truck up and we're fucking bailing wet fucking hay. I'm hung the fuck over. I hate my fucking life. And then my buddy Jordan leaves the campsite. And he picks up that girl as he's leaving, drops off the hay, comes back, and she's with him. And I was like, what's up, girl? My boy. How you doing? I knew you wanted it. And she was like, that's not even why I came over here. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it is. And so I was like being 
flirty the whole time as we're still cleaning up. And I'm in... Covered in mud and hay. Covered in mud, bro. With just a cowboy hat on, board shorts. No, girl, you gotta listen to me. as fuck. I'm not gonna lie. Look at her. I probably look kind of sexy. I'm bailing hay, bitches. Ba- yeah. You're in mud. You're bailing hay. You have, you have just skivvies you know on and a hat. You're sexy You know what you should have done? Dude. should have been like, hey, girl, want to know something? This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table, <laughs> and I'm the surgeon. <laughs> and deep cuts. And went to work. <laughs> went to work. <laughs> went to work. So Deep Batman cuts. <laughs> so she's like, oh, I'm staying with Jordan deep tonight cut. in town. And I, uh, <laughs> she's staying at her friend's house in Yarrington, and I was like, oh, I have work tomorrow. I do not know if that's going to fucking happen. So she goes to her friend's house or whatever. They're in Yarrington. I go over to Josh's house. We finally cleaned up everything at the campsite. Um, we go over to Josh's house, and we just, we're just recovering because Josh has a fat patch of grass and a big-ass tree, and it's got a breeze, and so we're chilling, and it's like, there's like five or six of us, and we're having, like, we're reminiscing. So like, you have his own place there, or is this with parents? Josh's parents is oh, right lives- next oh, to okay, the fucking, okay. like, literally, it has a gate that swings open, and you're fucking, like, in the fucking concert. So, we go back to Josh's, we're all chilling, and she hits me up, and we're talking, we're talking, she's like, you're gonna come over? And I was like, I don't know, I have to go home, like, it's already one o'clock, like, fuck, I don't, I don't really know. And she's like, okay, well, the offer's open. And I was like, okay. And so I waited like an hour, and I hung out with the boys, and we were drinking beer and reminiscing on everything. And I was like, you know what, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go try this, fuck it. And so I take off. I go over to my buddy's house where she's at. And the first thing, because when she got to the campsite, she's like, I need a shower. I was like, oh, I obviously need a shower too. We're going to shower together, right? And she's like, maybe. And I was like, hey, maybe he's better than no. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I was kind of pressing it on her as uh, we were cleaning up. I was like, don't forget about that shower. Don't forget about that shower. And she so was like, you're yeah, saying whatever. there's a chance. Hot shower, hot shower, hot shower. <laughs> and so once, like, once we get there, she's like, oh, I still haven't taken a shower. I was like, oh, so we're going to go take that shower? And she was like, no. And I was like, You said yeah. maybe earlier. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> she was like, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, Nice. And then we get in the shower. So you were like, I, I don't like, even. Yes. He's like, no, yes, no, yes, 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 yes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he says that he says I guess like, it makes oh, it no sound. Thing, you know what I mean? He says no. And she said, yes. I guess and he's like, ah. It, I guess it makes it sound like I persuaded her to do it. But really deep down, I knew that she wanted to do it. She wasn't. Like, <laughs> That's saying, what they all say. <laughs> no, she wasn't. She wasn't saying no. Like. You can, can't you just aren't you able to tell when they're saying no and they mean she was no? saying no but I knew deep down she didn't mean it don't you aren't you able to tell when they're saying no but really like they're only saying it to fucking be like yeah uh, to, 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 to not to try to seem be like they're yeah, not so yeah, easy. yeah it's yeah. a joke clearly but yeah they're they're yeah, trying yeah. to make it seem like they're not people so. don't understand it's a joke <laughs> they sued the Chris the way yeah dude okay. that, com- <laughs> that comedian wrote a book about that what's his name uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, my body's telling my mind's telling me no. My, my body, body, my body's telling me yeah. There ain't nothing wrong <laughs> with a little bumping ground. So we get in the shower, and I actually like am contemplating having sex with her or not. I was like, man. Is it like super douchey to just like try to put it in her right now? Like, <laughs> is, it, is it super douchey to try to like start it's like super to say it like, like playing with her right now? What are these just thoughts that are running through my head? I'm not saying Shock of thoughts in the shower? Like, 
Like, I'm being respectful, okay? Like, I hopped in the shower first while she was still getting undressed. And I, like, did a quick, like, rundown. I was like, oh. And then as soon as she got in, I was like, oh, here, you get, you get, you get, you get like, the main stage in the shower. Because the I main know, stage? That's going to be a shotgun thought. Is it hella douchey to, like, put it in her when you're in the shower? <laughs> if, like, to she just, doesn't. To just put it in her. <laughs> Not warm her up. To just put it in her. <laughs> Gross. Um, hey, hey, what are you doing? Hey! So we take, we take a shower. Uh, we don't, we, like, it, like, goes in for, like, a second or two, but it's just, the shower's too small. It's I like, hate shower sex. It yeah, sucks. there's only, like, one way it's to Too really hot. It washes, it, I can't uh, breathe. Dude, it washes away the lube. Yeah. So, I, I was like, eh, nah. And I don't then, like when chicks have wet hair. I just, I just, I just, I just don't like it. I didn't bug it. I didn't mind the, the wet hair. And we were, like, kissing and everything once we were in there, and, like, nice. we soaped each other up and all that good stuff. So, it was cool, but... I mean, I had a raging boner as soon as I took my clothes off. Like, she <laughs> yeah. doesn't even have her clothes off yet. And I was like, oh, shit, I better get in there. <laughs> my bad. I didn't mean to have yeah, my See, bad. that's where you made a mistake. I mean, you don't want to seem overzealous with a full-on rager. You know? You want me kind of, kind of in the middle there? I could. I, I don't have enough mind control. <laughs> mind like, of its own. Mid, <laughs> you're going to mid-grade it right now, penis. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> mid-grade. Fuck you, fuck you Chris Smith. <laughs> fuck you, Chris Smith. <laughs> and so we get out of the shower. I'm raging boner right now, Chris Smith. And But... <laughs> We're fucking exhausted, and so she actually has an air mattress there at this house, and so we bring it out in the living room, and then uh, our buddies go into their room, and then we're sitting there, and then I was like, am I going to take a nap, or am I going to bang her? And then we were were sitting there watching a movie, and I was like, starting to fall asleep, starting to fall asleep, but we were cuddling. So every now and then she would like bump her back up against me or bump her butt up against me. Mm, and the I butt would, like, rub. Do like, the hump a little dick. bit. But we're both like kind of asleep, kind of watching the movie, kind of asleep, kind of watching the movie. And then I slowly just like reach around and I start like massaging her. And then I go up to her boobs and kind of play up to her boobs. And then she's kind of reaching around looking for my member. Then I go into her pants, and I'm like, oh, am I going to finger you? No. And then I come out, and I'm like, oh, I'm just teasing. I'm such a good teaser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And then I go around That's what you should have done to that last slut, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. God. You and just went I, straight for the Stevie technique, dude. I know. I fucked up. I <laughs> Can't fucked be doing up. that, bro. That's because that one was, like, my dime piece. Like, she had. No build up. Yeah, like, no build up. Uh, she, she was my dime piece. So I wanted to, like, show her. Like, let me, let me show you what you could possibly have witness me <laughs> 30 minutes to the fucking Thanksgiving dinner and all you got is a raw turkey you're like okay, I need to do something quick <laughs> uh, and so yeah eventually like I go down and, and through the back side play with the clit in the back side you know and then Sweet. I'm double teaming it now I'm on the back side with the finger in on the front side playing with the clit and she's Ooh. playing with my dick and I was like okay we are not tired anymore this is about to happen oh yeah and then she pulls down her pants. Ooh, like, get it. Put it in there. Get so it. bam, got it in there. Went to town. I mean, I could, I could tell you play by play, but I mean, I don't, just don't think that's necessary. Like I already gave you a nice little build up. You right did. There. You did. You did a really <laughs> good job, man. But what was great about it is after we banged, straight passed out for like a solid two hours. So at this point, we wake up. It's about six o'clock on Sunday. I have work at seven on fucking Monday, and I'm like, ah, mind you. I still don't have my left eye. I literally cannot see out of my left eye. Everything's a fucking blur. Like, I'm, my depth perception is completely fucked up. About to paint a pussy. Like, Two coats. He's <laughs> 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 fucking one eye and shit. I know. I was fucking whiskey peating it over here. Like, goddamn. <laughs> and so, 
Actually, we uh, we go and we get pizza, and then we come back, and then I was like, man, I think I'm just gonna stay because like I know we're totally gonna bang out again, or I could go home and like recover. You were just tired as fuck. What do I want to do? I was like, you know what? I want to just sit here and fucking go back to sleep and bang out kind of a couple times, and then just wake up in the fucking morning. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. So we watch another movie. We go to sleep. Wake up. Bang out again. Go to sleep. Wake up, and then in the morning, right when my alarm hit, I like turn off my alarm. And then she she started making out with me, and she was like, "It's your time this time," because I put it down to her all fucking night. <laughs> hey, the go- that sounded hella goonies, huh? I didn't. Your give time. Her- it's your, it's your time, time down here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where she got me. Like, don't get me wrong, everything was good up to then. Like, it was all gravy, but it was mostly from behind. Uh, she didn't get on top of me. I was on top of her. I was doing most of the work because I'm a giver. Okay. She came everywhere, dude. Like it, the the next story is even better, but that's in the dating talk, I guess. But anyways, uh, so she gets on top, and I swear to God, it was like her vagina, like like it like pulsated, like it's just like she was kegling, like I've never had a kegel, like a girl kegel before. Like they've always, I've always had them tell me they're doing it, but I've never felt it like that before. I felt a little bit of a difference. The muscles squeezing your dick, huh? I can kind of, but this girl's kegels were so fucking strong that it was like another vagina within a vagina. It was the most amazing vagina that I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on right now? Like that wasn't like that last night. Muscle control. When she's on top, it's Fucking Muscle control, on, bro. She just starts fucking riding me like a fucking horse. It's so fucking sexy, dude. It's so fucking sexy. I busted in like three fucking minutes. It was like, it was so crazy. So is, this, <clears throat> is this the girl you sent us a picture of her and her roommate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is her roommate like a country girl? Uh, I don't really know. Her roommate didn't come with her. I met her roommate actually. So since then, since that morning, that was Monday morning. Today is Wednesday. Every night I have been with her. Every single night. Oh, where you drove to Urington? No, she lives in Reno, bro. Oh, <laughs> my boy! Shout out! Chicken and cow! Chicken and cow! Is that the new call every time a bitch lives in Reno? <laughs> <laughs> just, just shotgun thoughts when you're a Smith. Chicken and cow! Just like when I think Christmas, like shotgun shots in the shower and just <laughs> shotgun shots in the shower. So, um, we want to do a sex topic this week. So that was, uh, that was. Little night in the country talk with Chris. Um, we wanted to do a sex. I recommend topic. everybody go to night in the country. We <laughs> wanted to do a sex topic this week. Um, pregnancy scares. Uh, we've all been there. We've all done that. We've all had like, fuck, is this? Have gonna... we though? Like, a lot I don't of people know have. If that's a common thing. If you're in your mid twenties, like we are, okay. late twenties, you might have had it once or twice. If you don't wear condoms, like we don't. Um, then you're fine. But um, <laughs> I wanted to, usually with the sex topics, I actually do play a, 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 a just off the cuff, I'll make up a fucking sex song, little little quip. Um, no quip. But with this topic, with the pregnancy topic, there's already been a song already written. And as much as I wanted to, like Adney talking about him wanting to do The Last Action Hero, but Daniel O'Brien did such a good job on Cracked that he couldn't, he just, you, you have to listen to that. You just can't do it yourself. This is mine. This is my my song, which okay. I cannot write. That's a beautiful short song written by someone that is just way too perfect for me to write something to try to outdo that. Okay. I kiss you on the cheek. Good night, my love. I say. You turn to me and you smile, a baby's on the way. 
So as you drift to sleep, to dream of life anew. I lie there wondering just what I should do. I could kick you in the stomach and catch you <laughs> unaware. I could swear to God you accidentally fell that flight of stairs. And as I tell you that I love you, I will look you in the eye as I slowly slide the hanger up your thigh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Damn. Shots fired! <laughs> Damn, that was the first shots fired on this whole entire podcast. So that song's... For the, <laughs> <laughs> for the ladies. That's literally what the song is called. For and the goes, ladies? He goes, this song's for the ladies. And they're like, woo! And he goes, you might want to hold those woos. <laughs> goes, Seriously, this song's fucked up. <laughs> and then after he finishes it, everyone's like, ah! Oh! He goes, like I said, that song for the ladies. <laughs> Are you going to start us off, Abby? We'll start us off. Say Stephen Lynch, but- Oh, sorry. That was uh, that was actually by Stephen Lynch. That's who the song was written by. Oh, Beautiful that's song. why you... Oh, okay. All right, so, like I said, this subject is pregnancy scares and... Pregnancy scares. <laughs> I gotta admit, I haven't had a bad one. I haven't. I don't have a great fucking story for you. All I really do have is... Well, one time a girl had to take a plan B pill. That's boring. But uh, when I was seeing a girl for a while, she would consistently think that she was pregnant through certain little, oh my God, my boobs are sore. Oh my God, I didn't get my period or blah, 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 blah. I'm feeling all bleh. She would constantly think she was pregnant, but she'd be too afraid to actually take the fucking pregnancy test. And so what I would have to do is I would have to like go buy it myself and then sit her down either on the toilet or get in the shower with her and hold it underneath her be like, okay, pee. Oh, my what? (laughs) You should have went last, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking insane. But she like she was too scared. She needed like the emotional. What are you talking about? You got right. I'm not going in there with you. You got a little pee on my hand, <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> She's yeah, like, I didn't give a fuck because we were in a fuck relationship. I was like, I don't care. And then like, but it consistently. Did you lick the pee too? Ew! You, you are a sick you man. Know, you know, you <laughs> said you can bottles of pee. It's okay if you You're pee on my it hand. At the gym gives you electrolytes. Listen, it's <laughs> okay if you pee around. on my hand. That's fine. Okay, I'm here to help you out. Pee on my hand all you want, right? It's fucking gross. Oh, wait, before, wait, hold on. She squirted all over me last night. Like, it was a fucking puddle. Like, like her entire bed was covered in her cum. It was the most accomplished I have ever felt. That's awesome. That's that fucking pretty cool. fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, I bet that feels good, Rachel. It, oh, my God, it felt so, I know. What's funny is Rachel still listens, and, and hey, me and Rachel are still homeless. Whatever. Yeah, like, I don't really, I, like, that was, like, this closest I've gotten to getting a girl pregnant because I wrap it up, fellas. Nope, not me. I'm careful. Not me. Don't I'd do rather that. be wrapped up in a body bag, homeboy, you know what I mean? Seriously. I'd die from AIDS. <laughs> it's all feel good. Yep. <laughs> Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> so this one. All right, ladies, if you want all the STDs, you know where to go, these two fucking Yeah, fucking cunts. right. I have yet to have an STD, and as I'm saying that, you know that, of. Sure, I have. I've had, sure I've had chlamydia a couple times. fucking happen. Went no. to the doctor, got it taken care of. A couple times, all the time. It's been, it's been like. <laughs> a, getting a fucking goddamn flu shot. It's been like a solid six months. Except you just I drink some stuff, I, need to go I believe. I'm gonna go you drink some there. stuff, and it's gone away. Everyone's had chlamydia once or three times. But I haven't. That's why I'm so shocked. Like, I'm so shocked. I totally should have had it. Yeah, you totally haven't had it. We we get it. You haven't had chlamydia. I'm I'm shocked. Super Chris Smith, bro. (laughs) 
Wow. I, I gotta have HP. We can't all be the boy with the golden genitals. <laughs> 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 golden dick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. D2B certified. <laughs> Chris is the boy with the golden dick. <laughs> and you're the boy with the golden mouth. What a combo. Yeah. <laughs> this is a superhero podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, I got a good one. This one's Addy's actually... fucking captain lasts the longest in general. <laughs> fucking captain five times. <laughs> no, because you fucked the girl five times with five cards. That doesn't mean I, I came five times, though, so it's not right, I last the longest. Captain Cum the most. <laughs> what <laughs> my name? Golden Cum Boy over here. <laughs> so mine's going to actually kind of be a payoff for early listeners because it has to do with the girl that I lost my virginity with. So I lose my virginity with this girl at a Super Bowl party. Pretty sure she loved the dick. Because I'm so naive at age, I think I was like 15, that once it was done, it was my first time having sex. Now, I don't know, she could have lied, I don't know. But anyways, I go up to her afterwards, like we're and like we get done, she leaves, and then I leave. And we're in two separate rooms of the house, and then eventually we get to be in the same room, like 10, 5 minutes later. And I asked her, I was like, oh, how was it? And she was like, it was actually surprisingly good. Like, it wasn't the best or anything, but it was a lot better than I expected for you being a virgin. And I was like, that's a win, right on. That's funny. Oh, yeah. And so I get her number, and then we're texting for a couple days, and then a couple days go by, and we want to have sex again. And But I don't have a vehicle. I'm pretty sure I'm 15. I don't even have my license. Um, I don't think she has a vehicle, but she has her license. She was a year older than me, so she was 16 at the time. She might have been 17. She might have been two years. I can't remember exactly. But anyways, there was a basketball game. And I was like, okay, well, since neither one of us have a car, but we're both at the same school, why don't we fuck at the basketball game? And she was like, what? You're crazy. Like, it's daylight. I was like, okay, so we'll wait, we'll wait for the varsity game to start or whatever, and then we'll fuck. Because I can't fuck you while the JV's playing because I'm on the JV team. And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Whatever. So after my game, I'll come out. We'll go in a buddy's car or something, we'll figure it out, and then we'll bang. She's like, okay, cool. And so I don't even remember exactly how I got the keys to the car, but somehow I got keys to a car that was parked right outside of the gymnasium. Boom, it's dark, so we go out to the car, get the keys, unlock the car, boom. We bang out in this fucking little Bronco or whatever. It was okay. Like I said in the virginity story, I just... Maybe I had a little cock at the time, and it's grown since then. But but seriously, the, you have a beautiful oh, maybe, cock, bro. Maybe it was because I was wearing every cock at the grows time. from fucking high school. I maybe mean, my, I didn't feel like mine grew that much. To be Cause honest, you're used to it. Your body, you're like, come on. Cock, I was, I was, I was also like, looking, like noses and ears, Adney. I was like, <laughs> continue to grow. Like, why aren't you growing at all? Like you've been the same size for so long, and then eventually I'm looking at it. and I'm like, that's not the same size. So yeah, it's not the same cock. You're right. My, this is not the same <laughs> cock. But where's my dick? <laughs> I mean, she didn't have a lot of dick in her either. Like, there was just something really off about it. Not like uh, she was doing the wrong thing or anything like that. There was literally something wrong with the tightness of her pussy. Like, uh, maybe she had went through a bunch of dudes. Maybe she just had a loose vagina. Maybe it was the condom that I was wearing. Maybe I was too small. I don't. There's all these factors that could have come into play. But both. It's probably times, her, not you. Both times I had <laughs> sex with her, I didn't feel great about it. But so I did. I did not feel great about this. <laughs> I did tell her why you haven't sex. I did come in the condom and then I put it on the rearview mirror like a dick. And then I got out of the truck and then I went back in. And then when he came out to the truck, he had to come home to a rearview mirror condom. <laughs> he had to take it off and cool. throw it out. Yeah. It's not cool, but <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible so, cut. Uh, the first time we didn't wear a condom when I lost my virginity. The second time we did. 
And so after the second time, I was over having sex with her. I was like, okay, that's two times that I've had sex now. It hasn't been this. I am graduated. Mind I'm going to move on to higher echelon type hosts. I was just thinking that it hasn't been this mind blowing experience. Like whatever, it's not a big like whatever. But the real reason I stopped having sex with her was because her friend I wanted really really fucking bad, and I had wanted her friend before me and her ever had even hooked up. Me and her friend were casually talking but not really because her friend was like I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it for whatever reason long story short to I did eventually get her friend and we were like high school sweethearts for like three years and all this stuff Aww. but anyways during all this time that uh so like two or three weeks goes by she keeps hitting me up she's like why aren't we fucking why aren't we fucking I'm just not responding because like what am I supposed to say oh girl you didn't feel good like what the fuck am I supposed to say to that like and I didn't know how to handle Step it or anything so game. I just didn't respond at all for like two fucking weeks and so after like two weeks I go to school and then her entire fucking friends group is telling me how she's pregnant like oh you got Megan pregnant when you guys lost your virginity and oh because she wanted to fuck you still and so she's doing anything she could that's what I think now to this day I still don't know I, to this day, she hasn't come out and said if that was real or if it was fake or if she actually like had an abortion or anything. To this day, I still do not know. But this is what happened. We were all partying. It was a group of us together after they had initially told me. And we're partying. And then they're just grilling me with like, well, are you going to raise the baby? I'm like, I'm fucking 15. I don't believe her. That's what I kept saying. I, was like, I, don't, I believe don't believe in babies. Believe <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, wow, you really don't believe her? Like, you really are that big of a piece of shit? Like, obviously. I think you should crazy. raise it because I don't believe in abortion. Like, oh, yeah, well, I don't believe in babies. <laughs> it it might have been like three or four weeks by now. I was like, does she even know by now? Like, is it that fucking soon that, like. And they're like, yeah, she didn't have her period. She's obviously fucking pregnant. And so I have a group fucking of fucking... Teenagers. Obviously not ovulating. I have a group of fucking girls grilling me about this pregnancy. I'm 15. I just lost my fucking virginity to that said girl. So I start bawling. Like, my life's over. And so I run out of the party. And I'm just walking down the fucking streets. Of oh, Arrington. man, it would have been over, dude. And I'm so, so bad. fucking heated. And I'm just, like, crying. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to play football anymore. I got to get a job. <laughs> like, I'm not going to graduate. And like all this shit's just going we're through my mind. McDonald's making fries. Yep. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. If it's a daughter, her pussy's gonna suck because <laughs> her mom's pussy sucks. <laughs> but if it's a boy, he might have a dick that might grow later on. And stuck with this rancid ass pussy for a while so <laughs> I could get out of it, and then I gotta pay child support. Ah! Yeah, dude, that's exactly that's everything that was going through my head. So two weeks go by after that little breakdown that I had. And nothing came to fruition. She never came up to me. Those girls never really came up to me and talked about it again. So that's six weeks that are gone by. Two months goes by. And so I'm sitting here, and I'm like, this is a month after I just broke down. So at this point, I'm like, no, I need to fucking know. So I confront her about it. I'm like, what the fuck? Are you fucking pregnant? I don't see a baby. Like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, oh, I already had an abortion. And I was like, really? You already had an abortion? I, I still do not believe you. And she's like, that's because you're a piece of shit. And then she just walks away. That's the end of the story. That's the most I heard about it. After that, I went back to trying to hit hit on her friend and get with her friend. And about six weeks later, we wound up started dating. That turned into a committed like three year relationship throughout all of my oh, high shit. school. So that's my pregnancy scare. And to this day, I still don't believe that bitch was pregnant. We need to investigate and yeah, find seriously. the truth. We need to be more. Why don't you just tell me at this point? Like she could just come out and tell me. Like if she had no, because if she lied, then she's gonna look bad. She obviously lied because that bitch got pregnant on the dude after me. All right, Stevie, what do you got for us? All right, so my tale is, um, 
It's a little bit long story. It's actually it happened very recently. It happened maybe just over a year ago, and I didn't find out that I'll, I'm, I'm gonna quit Tarantino. I didn't find out that it was my semen that made this baby till last week. Oh, so well, this so is okay, so a sorry. recent story. I haven't told anybody this. Um, Adney knows because Adney was there the night, the night it happened. Adney was, was there for the whole thing. So we go to this birthday party with this girl. We're going to call her Thora. She's obsessed with Thor. Thor. I love her. She's, she's, she's awesome. Don't she's give really hints. Cool just say she's Thora. She's actually a fan of the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, why don't you just say her name? Like, she created. <laughs> we, went to, we went to Thora's birthday party at a bar. We all hung out. And I noticed there was this really cute girl there in tat- with covered in tattoos like one she had like i think almost like a little over half a sleeve and so adney automatically knew he was like you think that one's i'm like yep that one's gonna get it that one's <laughs> gonna get it you can get it um and so i'm flirting with her we're talking we're and then we all go to another bar and i'm totally flirting with her trying to get off and i ask her for a number she didn't give me her fucking number but she found me on social media uh, that's that's the last thing i'll do i will not add you on social media if i do not have your number because my Facebook is inappropriate as shit, and so is yours. So I'm really surprised that you're willing to do <laughs> that's that. A, that's a lead up to the story. Yeah, my, my Facebook is one of the reasons that this didn't work out. So listen, a lot of my relationships fail because of my Facebook. Me too! That's why I don't have the girls on Facebook! So, so she leaves off, okay? And then I'm, I remember I'm in Tahoe. I'm fucked up. Like, I'm all fucking partying, going crazy with a bunch of friends. And I get a random message. And it's from her. And it says, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in Tahoe. Uh, hanging out with a bunch of friends. She goes, oh, I was going to ask you if you wanted to come fuck me real quick. I was like, wait, what? So this is without any sort of making no out? Build up, no build-up. No build-up sort of, like, at all. Did she, she listen just, to the podcast? She heard you have this a was before the technique. podcast. Wow. Before the podcast, she just asked me to come fuck her. I said, sorry, I can't, but rain check. <laughs> For sure, rain check. So like a week and a half, two weeks go by at my house, and she goes, hey, I just got off work. I'm kind of bored. Can you... Can I come over to your house? Can you make me some food? I'm hungry. And I was like, yeah, come over. I'll make you breakfast. So she comes over at night. I make her breakfast. And Wait, she comes over at night and she just sleeps there? You guys yes. don't do anything? No, I'm saying I made her oh, breakfast okay, at night. Okay, sorry. Oh. Listen to the fucking story. Well, I thought you were saying you made Breakfast her... for dinner, bitch. My bad. Breakfast dinner. When you say breakfast, that's Over 24 hours. Breakfast any time. <laughs> Open 24 hours like her. But um, <laughs> So I make her breakfast, and then we start making out and shit like that. And I actually had to take a screenshot of this. I'm going to peacock here for a second. First night, I'm like, I got to give it my all. This girl came over to fuck me. I'm going to do everything. Like She's like, oh, I only came once or twice with, with different different guys. You know what I mean? I have a screenshot. I made her come six times from the squirting technique nice. in like an hour and a half. Nice. And she wrote her sister. And she was like, <laughs> oh, this guy made me fucking squirt. Is that, is that like coming? It's just like, no, that's like the magic right there. <laughs> she's like, she's like Damn, what her he sister did? knows. Her older thing. sister, she's like in her 30s, she goes, what he did, that's unheard of. I was like, oh, I was taking bows and shit. Thank you, thank you. So this girl is constantly trying to fuck me over and over again. So I'm like, sweet. So I keep pulling the squirting technique on her and shit. And then she's like, where do you see this going? And I'm like, nowhere. I just got out of a marriage. Literally just now got out of a fucking marriage. I'm trying to go through a divorce. I, don't, I do not want to date anybody. So... We, we kind of, we were fucking still, and she told me she was on birth control. All right, sweet. She told me, come inside me. All right, sweet. You're on birth control. Fuck that. I don't believe no fucking girl that tells me she's on birth control. Fuck, you're the one that's over here going, I never use a condom. Yeah, because I'm the pull-out king. <laughs> Stupid. I am literally the pull-out Stupid. king. Stupid. So oh, really? Because it's worked? All right, futon. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> futon. futon. <laughs> 
So he both fucking. Oh, it was a joke. So fuck out of here, man. Um, we like fucking. I'm like, yeah. Do you remember that chick from the from Thora's fucking party? Well, I've been fucking her. Sweet. So he's he's coming over a bunch, and then we stopped talking for like a solid three weeks. And then I know where she wrote. She writes me and she goes, "Hey, can we hang out?" Sure, no problem. I think she's coming over. Fuck me. Um, so she comes over to the house. Adney's sitting there with the chick. We're watching a movie and we're all four sitting on the couch together. And Adney ends up going to bed with his chick um, at the time. And she who must not be named. Yeah. And <laughs> I love doing. I love doing. Everyone is fucking. And we're talking. I'm cuddling with her. and I'm like rubbing her down and stuff. I had just gotten my tattoo done my my Zeus. And I'm like talking to her and I'm rubbing stuff on it and. She's like, oh, you just got that done? I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, are you going to get any more work done? She goes, no, I can't. And I'm like, oh, why can't you? And she goes, because I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, no shit. With <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, with whose? Bummer. And she goes, yours. I was like, wait, what? I was like, hold on. I was like, hold on a second. She had a talk. I was like, hold on. Just please just stop. Hold on. And I sit down. And I was like, that's how you tell somebody that they are the father of your child? I'm like, that was the most fucking irresponsible way to tell someone, hey, by the way, you know, I'm pregnant with your fucking kid. I'm like, you don't, you don't do that type of shit to somebody. You sit me down like a fucking adult and you say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. You don't just throw that at somebody. I was kind of pissed off about that. You know, I was taken aback by it. And then I was like, well, what are you going to do? You want to get an abortion? You're in college. You're about to graduate college. She goes, no, I'm not getting an abortion. It's against my religion. And I'm like, what are you? And she goes, I'm Christian. And I said, I was like, okay, let's break this down a minute. You just had premarital sex, okay? You already broke several one Several times. I'm like, uh, you, once, several times. <laughs> um, I was like, you you have tattoos. I'm like, that right there, that automatically means you're not getting to the gates of heaven because your body's a temple and you already fucked your body. <laughs> I'm like, your religion isn't trail mix. Now, if you don't want an abortion because of the fact that you don't believe in abortions, you don't want an abortion, that's fine. But don't fucking use your religion as an excuse to say that you don't want an abortion because I know more than you do about your <laughs> fucking religion. And you've already broke plenty of fucking rules. So don't fucking use that as an excuse. She went in there to go to, she's like, I'm going to go to ultrasound at this time. And I was like, okay, can I come with? And she was like, well, I don't really want you to be the father of my kid because you're an atheist. And I was like, are you serious? She goes, and my stepmom fucking found your Facebook profile and my whole family thinks you're a piece of shit. Nah. I'm, like, I'm like, it clearly says comedy fucking page on my Facebook. It's a persona. It's a it's a joke page. I say whatever I want. You're me. silly for thinking anyone's going to recognize that. Yeah. Well, if they knew how to read, it says comedy page. Yeah, but That's they exactly don't. why I didn't put it on Nobody mine, reads nobody your fucking reads about me. Yeah, exactly. No, they just see a name within a bunch of posts. That's what they look at. People aren't going to fucking... Pay attention to stuff. But then when I tell them that it's on there, then they'll be like, oh, okay, I get that now. You didn't catch it the first time, that's fine. But it's like Steve, somebody watching fucking Stephen Colbert. Well, then you got to know that you have to tell yeah. them. It's someone watching the, uh, the Colbert report and saying Stephen Colbert's a fucking Especially douche. Especially a bunch of fucking overly fucking religious cunts. I mean, yeah. they're going to look for a reason to hate you. But, so then I'm like, well, what? I, I mean, if it's my child, I want to be a part of the child's life. She goes, well, are you going to tell it's no God? I'm like, if it asks me an honest question, I'm going to give it an honest answer. And I'm going to tell the child, do your own research. Don't listen to me. Question everything. Read. And you figure out the answer for yourself. She goes, well, I can't have that. I can't have that. I can't have someone questioning my religion in front of my kid. I'm like, listen, I, if it's my kid, I want to be a part of the fucking kid's life. Like, I'm not going to be this piece of shit person that's just like, deuces, fuck off. 
And she goes, sorry, not going to happen. I'd rather raise it on my own. All right, fine. It's what you want. Fine. That's such bullshit. Because but I told it... the girl, Thora, I wrote her and I said, hey, listen, if it is my kid, you are privy to this. You know this. These are me- There was messages back and forth and I told her the situation. If anybody asks, if she tries to come after me for money, if she tries to take me to court, say I'm a piece of shit, all this stuff. I'm like, you are my witness that I said, if the child is mine, I want to be there for that fucking child. If that child gets to an age to where it's asking questions and wants to know who the fucking dad is, you are my fucking witness because you are her friend that I said, I want to be a part of that child's life and she wouldn't let me. And then she goes, okay. Now, fast forward last week. So fast anything? forward like seven months. Yeah. <laughs> um, I well, more I figured out prior dude, to that. A lot more. So prior to that, check this out. Damn. I was told that she was having sex with other people, but she thought it was mine. And then the one person I knew she was having sex with, like, who's a friend of mine, I it's her ex boyfriend, and I asked her about it, and she goes, "No, we just hang out all the time. We're friends. We don't have sex." Fast forward seven months, baby comes out. Thora, I asked her, hey, can you, uh, how, you know, the baby born? I asked her at first, like a couple months later, I said, hey, did they find out what the sex is going to be? Oh, it's going to be a boy. I'm like, nice. Um, you know, let me know when the baby's born. So, I so during these whole, like, eight, nine months or whatever, I'm not really you, thinking about do it. Do you though. honestly think it? Oh, okay. No, yeah, not really thinking about it. Comes up and it came up, came one, up in phases. One time. Yeah, one time. Like, hey, it, you know, I, I still want to know. It's still someone that I was friends with. I don't hate the girl. I'm not mad at the girl. She's going to be a single parent. She's, I knew she was fucking other people, and she didn't want me to be a part of it. I'm still concerned. Like, hey, I, I don't, I'm not Which a piece of shit. Which she fucking lied about. Like, that's such a fucking scumbag thing that you, happens all the time is someone like a girl fucking five different dudes and picking one guy out and saying, oh, you're the father. Like, and you don't know. I'm the, only one that has a group. A, I'm the only one that has a career, and I'm doing well for what myself. What a fucking coincidence. Yeah, no wonder she picked what you. What a coincidence to fucking... Obviously she picked you. She was holding what a prank. What a coincidence. the five-star podcast gets picked. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking coincidence. So... Fast forward, I knew the I asked her about it. Hey, I know you're fucking this guy. I'm not fucking him. Okay, whatever. Another Baby, typical girl thing. No, we're just friends. Yeah. Baby's born. We hang out and have fucking dates. Baby's fucking yeah. born. And my first thought is... Damn, that's an ugly baby. God damn. It's because all babies are ugly. I'm feeling quite concerned. My semen must have turned. Because <laughs> damn, that's an ugly baby. No, but um, the baby is... I look at the baby and I'm like, holy shit. The sim- the similarities are fucking uncanny compared to this person that she was fucking on the side. It doesn't look... No feature in that baby looks anything fucking like me at all. I would love to get fucking my uh, DNA checked, just to be clear. But, oh my God, the similarities, the eyebrows, the facial structure, everything is so fucking close to this one person I knew she was fucking. That so baby's eyebrows a, are way too thin to be Stevie. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And they're blonde. It's blonde. Yeah, that, and that, they're blonde. She's a that fuck. was what got it. Sorry, like, you're but the so seed Italian is strong, homeboy. Yeah. The seed is yeah. strong. I'm fucking, my dick is my cum. is Robert Baratheon's cum. You know what I mean? They, that baby would have dark no hair. It it's super blonde. Ass, like, like, Bleach blonde fucking yeah, hair. Yeah, like It would at least be brown. Blonde eyebrows. You know? And the, the shape of the eyebrows, everything. Yeah. And she has brown hair. She is not a blonde. She has dark brown hair. <laughs> the baby would not be fucking blonde. So, boom. So, just found out that that baby's not mine. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I, I'm, so, I just want to state this for the podcast. I am not a piece of shit. I, I handle my responsibilities well. If I did something wrong, I will fucking suffer the consequences. And I will move forward with it. I will not deny it. And be like, no, it's not. No, I was willing to fucking take a step up and be responsible for my fucking dick actions. Dick. But 
uh, is not mine. So that was my big pregnancy scare, and that was fucking terrifying. We're gonna fucking. Uh, <laughs> Andy, that last one was hilarious. Don't leave everybody in the library. The library after it. Don't leave everybody in the library. The library after it. The library. Give me my soup, Alfred. <laughs> Alfred. Hey, we're gonna do a, a little bit different. This is the soup. Different. Shut up. This is the poop. This is, this is the soup that Batman deserves, but not the one he needs right now. Yeah. This is wonton soup, not that fucking sweet and sour bullshit. <laughs> Say, I need are you gonna do it the whole time, or are you not? Know. You can't do it. You I don't know if I don't know. <laughs> you got a do sensitive. It. I got a sensitive voice, man. Because <laughs> I got a lot to say. Anyways, uh, I know we just talked a great deal, not only about the Batman and a bunch of his animated feature films, but specifically the Killing Joke, just got adapted, and of course adapted from the famous. 1988 comic book, The Killing Joke, of the same name. Um, and you're probably thinking, oh, we're going to do suggest a fucking comic book, real fucking original. No, I'm not. Killing Joke book. So you know what? You can suck all my dick. <laughs> okay. Gladly. I thought he was going to say suck all my dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Five of my dicks, bitches. You can suck every one of them. And I better get a 25 on each one. <laughs> they don't need to know how many dicks I have. I don't know them. My bad, dude. I didn't mean to fucking I don't know these niggas. And he surprises bitches with his dicks. <laughs> Surprise, bitches. Five dicks. <laughs> That's four, but whatever. Why not build me up? That's cool. <laughs> Anyways, just to knock me down when they pull my pants off, dude. But because we did do bat talk, it's only fitting to suggest a bat book. Uh, suggested already. Dark Knight Returns. But what I'm going to suggest today... Is the one I bought you, right? The encyclopedia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reading the encyclopedia. The actual storyline uh, called The Long Halloween by uh, Jeff Loeb and Tom Sale. Um... The story itself, it's actually was written, it was over like several issues, but you can buy it all in one book for like fucking eight bucks on Amazon. It's a brilliant story that all takes, all takes place, it's a, for some reason, there's somebody, once again, (laughs) murdering mob bosses one at a time. On Halloween? In case you didn't notice, this is a reoccurring theme in the Batman mythos, the mob bosses fucking eat it but it has in Gotham which is New York basically it has several characters like uh, Falcone Maroney big mob bosses like that it starts off all on a Halloween and the reason it's called that because it starts on Halloween the first murder and every holiday after that another killing happens so every holiday or Halloween holiday okay up until the next Halloween hence the name these brutal killings, and Batman is trying to solve it this whole time. And uh, what's really funny is the what's what's cool is that the writers were able to take a character named Calendar Man, who's the silliest. He kills based off of dates. A silly, stupid character, and that's what like I think is I think the greatest marks of a writer is be able to take something stupid and dopey and make it not only interesting but cool and fun. And it's really something you only get in comic writing because comic books are full of stupid, idiotic characters yeah. that you don't want to see anymore. Little but blurbs and shit. Uh, Grant Morrison is a perfect example of able to do stuff like this. I would love to talk a great deal about that for, for a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're able to do is take Calendar Man and make him a Hannibal Lecter-type character. Oh, he looked at me because I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's so cool. 
what Batman does is exactly what Clarice does. Is he goes to a cell just like oh Hannibal's. Oh my god, this is so exciting! I gotta read just it like again. Hannibal's. It's a glass thing and like he's these little air holes and it goes to Calendar what Man. Was this made? I don't remember. But I, I think I it's. It I'm pretty sure it's the 90s. Oh, yeah, it the, was made the, 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 uh, the style. The first one was written in 82. The the, uh, the drawing style of it feels uh, mid 90s. Oh, okay. I don't remember exactly though. I mean, the book's in the room. But I don't feel like getting it. And he goes to him and he's basically talking about like, look, like these are similar to your mo. And first, he's kind of suspecting him, but Batman, being the great detective that he is, to do like he's it's not him. It's a copycat. But I know I can get information from you, and I need to. And he goes to him over and over again, just like Clarice does in Silence of the Lambs, and gets information of like I need to get into this guy's mind, and you're my best chance is to get into this killer's mind. And throughout that, that's the overarching story. But that's super Silence of the Lambs, dude. We get that, but what's really fucking awesome is that so many of Batman's rogues gallery makes an appearance in this. Even Poison Ivy, which I feel does not get her due. <laughs> but Poison, okay, we also get him like and his relationship with Catwoman. This like the great back and forth of I can't trust you, even though I want you. And I love you, but you're a fucking criminal. And I just you can be on my side. It's just it's that simple. Just turn to my side. But she's too wild, and she just does whatever the fuck she wants. And Batman loving her, you said? Yeah, Batman's in love with Kat, Selina Kyle. She's he's in love with her. Oh. Even in the Dark Knight Returns, when he's in his fifties, he's still in love with her. And like you get this hint, she leaves him a voice message of Bruce, I'm lonely. Come over. And they're oh. both in their fucking fifties. She's a fuck girl. <laughs> and uh, they still have that relationship. We also get an appearance from the Joker. A lot of the Rose Galleries in this book, and that's what's really cool. It's like, yeah, you see all the, the, not everyone, but you see a lot of the bad guys, and that's well, just fun. It's just a fun to see all the bad guys. And of course, it's because it's a fucking a actual true-to-Batman character book, you see a lot of him detecting and actually trying to solve a crime. That's what the whole thing is. And probably the coolest part of this story, in my opinion, is we get an origin for Two-Face. In the beginning of the story, it's Harvey Dent and Batman being very close friends with Harvey. And throughout his crusade against the mob and against crime in general, Harvey Dent's, I mean, he gets the horrible disfigurement that turns him into Two-Face. We get this great splash page, full-page layout of what – because he's hidden. For a few pages, we get Harvey as the Two-Face doing things. Then finally, we get this great just whole page of just him and what he looks like as Two-Face, and it's brilliantly drawn. It's so perfect. And then the rest of the story, him just being fucking mad and his uh, schizophrenia, his split personality, and it's a great fucking story. And, of course, I, I and this is the one. If I got the choose, if they asked me, for that would never happen, but if they were to ask me, hey, Adney, what's the next comic book storyline you want us to adapt into an animated film? This is the one I would pick. I would say The Long Halloween over everything else. I would say right now, I want the long Halloween. But uh, that's going to end it for the Alcoholicast. You can find us all on Facebook, on Instagram, at Alcoholicast with a hyphen. Um, you could find us, you can find our Alcoholicast page on Instagram. Facebook and, and write us. And you can check out our memes on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at The Last Bibliophile. And you can find me on Facebook at Stevie August Borghese. And we're gonna, you know, uh, pregnancy scares, Chris. How bad does that suck, dude? It sucks so bad. Fuck pregnancy I'm not scares. gonna lie, though. If I was a girl, just because I know how it feels to be a guy, I wouldn't do it. 
What, pregnancy scares? Yeah. No, who the fuck would do that? That's fucking brutal, dude. Pieces of shit do it. So Pieces just, of fucking dog shit do that. People Nobody, think, who the fuck? People say that I'm rapey. Well, at least I'm not a piece of shit. That's fucking right. <laughs> at least I don't do pregnancy scares. At least I'm like, I'm gonna come in, you bitch. Or that Take it. And I just hold you there. That's rape. Or that stupid fucking April Fool's joke of like, oh, here's a fucking, uh, I peed on a fucking stick and it's a baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> I fucking, dude, that, that's what really pissed me off. It's like everyone does that same fucking lame joke of peeing on a fucking pregnancy stick and, you know, fucking whatever. But uh, I just want to say, damn, that's an ugly baby. <laughs> God damn, that's an ugly ass baby. I almost start to weep. That second one we can keep. Because that <laughs> first one was an ugly ass baby. <laughs> Jesus.